and welcome to the final episode of season one of the Inglorious Bards. This is our wrap up round table episode. We're kind of going to do a bunch of uh, questions and answers. We've got a bunch of questions we brought for each other that we don't know what's going to be asked. And we also got some questions from our listeners as well. Kind of just uh, get our impressions of the season, what we thought, and uh, just it's an open forum. We're going to see what happens tonight. Uh, so I thought I'd get it started. I have a question uh, for everyone here at the table. We had a lot of crazy adventures. So what was the most daunting scene where you thought this is not going to end well? <laughs> I know there might be a few. Yeah, there's uh, a few. Yeah, I Carverath. Yeah. Sure. Carverath was the one. Was Going the into one? it, we were all scared shitless. Well, like, uh, oh, this is. There's the cave where I'm, um, um, Luciar was. Yeah. Was uh, coming back into the, yeah. the plane, the ex existential plane. Mm -hmm. We sat for the, with that one for a couple of weeks too. Oh yeah, that was, was not awesome. The mountains. Oh, the, between uh, battles, yeah. Yeah, unfinished business. We started the campaign. Things are going way south really quick, and it's like, all right, we'll see you next week. <laughs> <It's> like, no. <laughs> I remember going into the Carverath battle. Uh, you, Christopher, as real, are just like, are you sure we want to do this? Are you really, really sure? <laughs> really it's sure. a dragon. It's a breath weapon. <laughs> we can't cover that distance. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, I had a couple for Elmon um, early on when we were, uh, well, not, I guess not super early. Um, I guess it was shortly after Rill joined us, I believe. And uh, we were fighting on outside along the coast, and the ships were coming, and we were on the coast mm -hmm. line going up that hill. <laughs> uh, and then, like, we took care of everything on the hill, and then this, like, whole basically, like, platoon or whatever is, like, coming for us. Elmon's there trying to, like, hold them off, and everybody else is just strolling on up the hill. And Elmon's like, okay, well, we're all going to freaking die here. That's right, right before you ditched us all? Yep, yep, <laughs> that would have been the moment. Um, and then in the sewers, um, oh. when um, Avius moved forward uh, with the gunpowder, and the orcs were going to just try and destroy... Um, oh, that one. Uh, oh, yeah, that one. <laughs> yeah, that one. Aridophil's home. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that felt very, this is not going to end well-ish to uh, to me. Um, those, <laughs> <To> you. <laughs> yeah, those were the two biggest. I mean, like, Carverath, like, felt intimidating, but it the battle seemed to go okay. Lysiar, however, I felt like we were, mm. we had gotten in a little over our heads. I mean, we did. We lost Puck. So. Pressed in on both sides, trying to stay alive. Yeah, that was a... And, of course, uh, the Grey Ascent. Yeah, that was going to be my 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 point uh, I was going to bring up. Yes, so there was this story where sometime in the tower, our group is going at each other's throats. Now, I know... I, I have this vision of how Olgrim responds to everyone, and I had to throw all of that out the window and just go for dice rolls and the whole concept of just getting away as fast as possible and with each step I was taking it was just like okay uh, I will probably kill this person kill this person kill this person and then and then what 
you know, so I was just, I was terrified all through that part, but and it and worked out-ish. It did, ish. <laughs> and then when you and Elmon had that one round of combat, like I went in going, eh, and then like, you're like, okay, I'm going to do this. And then I'm going to action surge. I'm like, okay, he's done. And then you're like, and then you're like, and then I'm going to do this. And I'm like, oh, okay. This is it like missed on everyone yeah. except one. Right. It's like, this is not going to go as well as I, you know, like I, I was sort of, uh, I have to admit underestimating your ability there momentarily. I think you said the line. So this is how we're going to do it. Uh, yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and, and I was, and I was going into that encounter a little cocky. And then by the end of it, I was like, I need to go. <laughs> like, yeah. like, like, There's like, no hanging around. This is going to kick my ass. Uh, yeah. The Grey Scent, we, uh, we finished the, ep- we finished one episode where, Olgram gets it on his arm. That yeah. was the cliffhanger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then there's a week before then we see the results of what that is. And Christopher, who plays Olgram and I, we we talked briefly about it. And he's just like, well, what does this do, this device? It doesn't, doesn't have any powers right off the bat. They'll grow on you. He said, what do I do now? I said, well, you just need to own it in every way. This is yours. You need to do what it takes, do whatever it takes to, so that you have this. So, you know, if you want to flee and run away, if you want to do the, the Cylon method and pretend you don't have anything, or if you need to, if you need to cause a lot of chaos with the group, this, I mean, it, it dominates people. So yeah, you then took that and, <laughs> and just pushed it hard. It was crazy. Yeah. Oh. And I have questions about the Gray Ascent as well, but. Okay. <laughs> then answer your question. Sure. All right. Sure. Scary times. Um, yeah. I've got another one here. Uh, my other one is... We've run a lot of games in the past before we ever recorded anything and sat down to do a podcast. What was the biggest change when role-playing into a microphone uh, for the first few times? Did this being a podcast change uh, the game or how you played? For sure, voices. How so? Um, just because, I mean, uh, I'm... I'm the newbie here but uh I, I don't think if if we didn't have a microphone pushed into our face i would have uh tried i mean i would have tried but I, I i don't know just doing the voices i felt like mattered a little bit more that's a good point yeah because without the microphones you're not really pressed to probably role play yeah you're just trying you're not trying to impress anybody and you know yeah trying to try to be entertaining on a certain level you could just play it down yeah. And then it'd be accepted, but this one, yeah, that's that's a great point. Actually, I didn't yeah. even think of that. It it made the game better for me as a as a role player. I felt like I could open up more. That there was an, an I don't know, it's, yeah, like you're saying, reaching out to an audience. So my characters would just get a little bit more to eleven each one, just go a little bit more extreme. <laughs> you definitely uh, did more singing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ham for a song because I'm so we, bad at it. I think we did a lot of things. We really didn't intend to do uh, <laughs> I have to say on the point of voices if I can not necessarily digress but just diverge just a bit uh, when you uh, Seth started playing Puck it was choose a voice and you went with it and you're a you know deep voiced fella you know and for you to pull off Puck's voice, you know, and and you were consistent down the line. Yeah. Even with me 
giggling like a fool and everyone else doing their thing. You stuck to it, and it was brilliant for a newbie. I mean, that was that's blew me away. So that's, anyway, uh, means a lot coming from you because uh, uh, you your the your little dwarven accent is great. You did good with <laughs> real. Yeah, thank you. I liked Welcome. when it would be something like uh, you, you would say. You know, oh, shut up, you asshole. I mean, shut up, you assholes. <laughs> or the best would be the reverse. I'm going to grab my weapon. I'm going to grab my weapon. Yeah, and yeah. <laughs> I love when that happened. <laughs> Anyone else? Some Absolutely no difference whatsoever. <laughs> you came into the game like this. this <laughs> you came to the group like this. <laughs> what are the questions you guys have? Um, I have a couple questions uh from some listeners um this is uh from matt w um how big of a difference would the season have been if avius opened the box in episode one? Oh man hmm. and avius wanted to open the box he was held open the box he was um and the rest of your party did not trust the you. Rest of the party did not trust <laughs> yeah, we're kind of coming into that. Well, what we? Re- I don't think we would have realized the significance of it in any way. We definitely, maybe, if we had researched it and been like, okay, like this has to be something important, and realized the significance of it. But yeah. you know, I mean, and I guess maybe we should have, since that's what the cultists were. <laughs> I was blown away that you guys didn't crack that sucker over, and you even went back once or twice to the vault. Mm-hmm. I think there was like episode twenty or twenty-five. You even like pushed it out of the way to grab something else in the vault and then left. And I'm like, what's, how? What's in the box? What's in the box? <laughs> I think we. I I think Avius at least felt like he was not prepared for what mm. was in the box. He wanted to open the box. He knew it was something but he wasn't prepared for it um and then honestly just kind of forgot about it for a while uh like after probably like by episode 20 or so we hadn't been back to hammer song vaults uh in quite a while yeah after the the hollow powder yeah just just kind of forgot about it um but i i I guess if we would have opened it right then and there like we i don't think we would have known what we had but perhaps over time we would have been able to figure out what we had and Mm. maybe we could have gotten into the main warren and the uh goth galdamel much quicker than we did kind of knowing how scatterbrained our party is i think if we had opened it and then been like we'll shelve this for later we would have never gotten back to it we would have definitely had to have like opened it and and made a concerted effort to actually like okay this like realizes this is what the cultists were looking for we need to figure out what this is it might be pivotal to the entire freaking campaign um but then you know shit happens oh. yeah <laughs> or we just sell it to some alchemist somewhere thinking yeah. it's worth something or you open the box up you throw the hand out yeah oh, there's nothing in here really the box nice must be box magical <laughs> i'm gonna put stuff in the box do i put my hand in here now <laughs> oh don't do that see what happened to the last guy okay uh you mentioned things forgotten any other things that we uh. forgot in the campaign listener emilise brought up um if i'm saying your name correctly whatever happened to pokey Pokey the Wonder Lizard. Of no, Pucks. Uh, Puck definitely never forgot about Pokey. We just didn't leave the city after that, other than on a ship. And then uh, 
You know, he died. Yeah. So we should assume that the lizard's been taken care of over the... Well, yeah. I, you guys did not like my idea of having him... Uh, as dinner at the <laughs> funeral, but <laughs> no. it's terrible. Um, yeah. El Elmont had originally planned to set him loose, and then um, I know, like, like Avius mentioned mentioned him at some some point in time, and mm. we just never never got around to actually doing that. Um, so, you know, he was either set free or brought it. Yeah. <laughs> no one paying his dues right. for years. <laughs> no, I like just... to think the other goblins, uh, the goblin tree. There you go. Took him and, That's uh, a happy you know, ending. He's, he's pulling a uh, fruit cart now. There you go. I'm Hick. <laughs> <laughs> Riding pokey. No, no. Yeah, okay. I, uh, I, I had always hoped we would come back to some horrible incident with uh, the, the, the clock that we had pushed over the side. Some yeah. crazy return of that mechanized monstrosity <laughs> just creeping back over the edge at some awful time. Captain Hook crocodile scene of, like, the tick-tock. Pretty, tick -tock. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, once we pushed that whole clock over the edge, I'm like, oh, that's going to come back to bite us. <laughs> so what was the story on the clock? The clock. So here's the story on the clock, which is interesting. The, the uh, clockwork thing crashes the party... Uh, gets away with the gray ascent up in Malil's room in his vault. Um, so the clockwork tinkerer guy, he's got all he wants. He doesn't care about Malil in any way whatsoever. A gift was just brought to Malil of this clock that had no danger to it in any way whatsoever, which you guys then threw down Seriously? into the gorge. Yes. <laughs> just a harmless clock. Yes. <laughs> Here we all thought we like, you know, it was a tragedy narrowly it, averted. It was not a transformer. It was not. story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness, this poor clock. Did, did we spend like a whole episode? On <laughs> we spent, we spent a good, good hour on that clock. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that uh, furthered the uh, Jorn War, oh, I believe. Fuck Jorn, so <laughs> poor Jorn. No, no, hated that guy. He really, I mean, he got more than what was coming to him. I think. Hmm. He did send assassins after Puck. Well, af after that, he sort of had it coming. I, I but before that... No, 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 no. Because he's the one that gave Puck a bunch of crap when we first... The first time we went to Malil's, like episode three. Yeah. And so then Puck but got a little vengeful with the, the... Yeah! Well, after <laughs> he gave he gave, uh, gave Puck some grief for being a goblin after he was racist. Okay. All right. It was like, don't, yeah, I'm gonna don't get on Puck's backside now. And then, and then didn't want to take guy. any questions from anybody, and and yeah. and, that, and that's where I sort of thought Puck was deriving his his hate for him from, and then just sort of, you know. I think that I think episode every time I look through the episode list and I see three episode three, three for all clear. <laughs> I that's that's got to be my the funniest episode to me. Yeah, that was. Really funny. It was some funny. I love. I love just how that. What other questions did you have, Seth? Uh, Matt Debbie had another one, a two-parter. This is for Christopher. Christopher. Oh um, my. Was Olgram's retirement planned? Was it planned? It was kind of a pseudo-planned. It was uh, really a choice as to whether or not to continue as a massively disfigured adventurer with 
penalties all over the place, which would have been fine. Uh, but ultimately, I decided instead of uh, kind of burdening the party on that kind of end, I decided and uh, ultimately ended up going with a nice, smooth exit out, which turned into one of our greatest scenes. It was my between, favorite scene. Between Puck and Algram. And uh, I, you know, if, if it really came down to a question of did I have any regrets doing it out, I did no way, uh-uh, no. Because that, that anchored a lot of story to that point, which could be referenced again and again and again. Yeah. And he does, shows up. That was um, cool. It was it was yeah. useful to the rest of the yeah, campaign awesome. that he could come by every now and again. And, and, and kind of a departure from a lot of other storytelling, you know, type methods for, for characters who reach an end point. He didn't just die. We buried him, threw him in a yeah. canyon, whatever. He's still there. He's just no, no longer a part great. of it. And if he yeah. had died, uh, Puck would have taken a much darker turn than he did. <laughs> That's hard to imagine. Um, but uh, hold on. going back to the to the yeah. to the retirement, you also you just don't see that often in role playing games. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. it's death or we we kill a dragon. We're heroes. You don't. Yeah. That's. That's a kind of a, a, an interesting, mature way of just a character having an end. He's just had enough. I, I really liked it. It was kind of a little on the powerful side, I thought. Uh, part two of the question, uh, which uh, is, uh, if Olgrim had not retired, uh, would we have beat Morian? Which I thought was interesting. With one hand behind my back. <laughs> well, I think more more w- without Rill. Uh, w- yeah, that's a, that's a good point. He became good point. a much stronger... Part of the party. Uh, Olgrim was designed a lot for the upfront combat. Let's just say he was perfectly healed by the time we got here. Uh, diving into a whirlwind of cultists would have been, he would have slaughtered so many, but I think ultimately uh, probably wouldn't have been anywhere near as effective uh, because, sure. yeah, I, I think, yeah, well, that, the swarming of everything, uh, and really even with his multiple attacks, I don't want to get too mechanical, but, uh, you know, taking down three versus what, you know, Avius blast down like nine of these sure. guys and, you know, it would just take Olgrim a week to get through anything. Um, yes. so, so I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. I love Olgrim. He, he's badass in every way to me. Yeah. Uh, if he had his ship and he came in, he'd take out a bunch more. That could have been interesting, yeah, just, but, uh, yeah. but yeah, I think, uh, I don't think he would have been as effective. And Sorry, Ogre. Question relating to that as well: um, was was there a like was there a specific moment that you decided like Olgrim's done, um, and did that happen during a, a role play moment, or did that happen like in retrospection after a session? You know, like like did you s- decide? Oh, you know. I'm going to retire. I think I know what you're talking Yeah. yeah. Um, so what had come down at the end of the episode prior to the Gray Ascent, which was uh, the bracelet has essentially clasped onto Olgrim's arm. Uh, the moment that happened and I was told its effect, essentially, which was, you know, you want this and you need this kind of thing. That became a driving factor. Once that happened, my whole point was to either get away or die. And... I think at that point, right when that happened, I was like, this is going to be the end story for, for Olgrim. 
mm. once that happened because there was no taking it off. Hey guys, you know, whatever. Uh, even if I made some successful check, which wasn't allowed to me, by the way. Uh, <laughs> no <bitterness>. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I, I, I didn't resign myself. I, I did come up and I, I think I talked with uh, Tom about this too, about, okay, if he succeeds and gets away, what's he become? But even in that scenario, it was uh, it, it diverged too much from being a part of the group and whatnot. He, be, he would become an NPC at yeah. that point. Uh, so I, I think at that at that particular moment, I said, "Okay, this is we need to come up with a, a nice, eloquent way to Got it. to wrap this." We being me and and uh, helping with Tom here. So, right. so does that answer your question? It does. Okay, absolutely. I miss the man. I'm right here. <laughs> <laughs> I have so many interesting concept or conversations with myself in the day. <laughs> no, I don't want breakfast. <laughs> All right, I've got a few here from Eric A in Texas. Eric has questions for each of you guys in in turn. Uh, we'll let's stick with Olgrim because that's what he's got on here. Olgrim oh. Shieldbiter. Uh, when and under what circumstances did Puck and Olgrim meet? What, oh. what would you guys say about that? I can't remember. I think we talked about it early on. We, we like, uh, were just in a band of mercenaries together. A, a, a driving storyline for mine uh, was, and I don't want to no, overlap no, no. on anything with you, but uh, uh, essentially, uh, Olgrim's background is cursed, more or less, uh, for taking on uh, dark, cursed objects. And then those overwhelmed us, similar to the Grey Ascent, and we uh, attacked violently druid villages and whatnot. Now, one of the elder druids cursed the clan I was in, and they just lose their mind. To which I then wake up in the care of Puck and and uh, his tribe and whatnot. And you bring me out of it, and then we kind of go on our own adventure. You keeping me in check as we go. So yes, mercenaries. We d- we're doing our adventuring, um, but yeah, it has a very significant tie. Uh, Olgrim kept Puck in check as well. That was a two-way street. I love that bond so much. It was, it was great, the yeah. best one. Yeah. Next question for Olgrim. Uh, Eric asks, how do you fly an airship with one arm? <laughs> <laughs> I, I have a great response for that, and it's, I don't. I'm the captain of the airship. Someone else flies it. All right. He's the captain Steubing of Deanna. All right. His final question for Olgrim. My understanding was that while it was very difficult to magically regrow a limb, it was not impossible. With all the money the group received from assisting Malil and later had access to from the dragon's lair, why was there no attempt to follow up and pursue a magical solution? Uh, great question. I think to that end, once I had come to accept the <clears throat> quote-unquote demise of the character and step him and phase him out of the group, I, I did want to move on. Uh, so yes, we could have restored his arm with gobs of cash, even dumping out 20,000 gold in the middle of nowhere. I think I did. Um, you did. Yeah, <laughs> real did. Yeah. Uh, sorry, guys. No no, no boats for you. Um, yeah, it's all right. Uh, I think so it was... Like these, other could have, these other two could have spent it. Digs <laughs> 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 going on post-campaign. Oh, by the way, there's tremendous spoilers. If We should have mentioned oh, yeah, that yeah. way 
early on in this Spoilers. recording. No, no, they're gonna suffer with it. Uh, yeah, we we could have pursued it, but I, I just think uh, coming up with Brill, adapting him to the group, getting him bonded to everyone, and making him significant portion, uh, there just wasn't uh, a, a desire on my part to have like Olgrim restored and brought back to full health and all that kind of stuff. He was. He right. accepted that. All right. That's good. Eric asks, of Puck, why did you take Jorn's eye? <laughs> uh, Puck had an extreme hatred for Jorn. Uh, I've already discussed it a little bit. Um, but I also like that episode. That episode three was, was very pivotal for Puck. That's when Puck really, I, as playing Puck, came into the character and was like, wrapped my head around him, and he was... Uh, very spiteful and that was just something that I, I took and I, I ran with as hard and fast as I could and uh, that was the plan all along was was to take his other eye alright he also asks uh, before the death blow that hurt my heart <laughs> was there any possibility of you transforming into a panther bear or eagle to extend your hit points and thereby extend your life uh I think at that point I only had I I cuz I could only do it twice a day and um you did eagle earlier that I did day. and I'm oh man I don't, uh, All right, let's retcon. This whole thing <laughs> go, go back. sideways. Fuck's <laughs> alive. Uh yeah, I mean there was a there's a ton of what ifs in that moment. Uh I could have done we all could have done several things differently. But I thought you had already done it twice. I thought you were a panther or a bear in the cave, and you were no. already an eagle before uh -uh. that. No? Mm. I'm pretty sure I still had one. There's no way to ever find out, I guess. Uh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on. Uh, his last uh, question for Puck, you were my favorite. Oh. It's not a question. not a question. Yeah, not a question. Uh, we'll strike that from the record. No, 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 no. Uh, <laughs> he then has, uh, Eric has a single question for Elmon Yabael. Oh, God. What the hell were you thinking? <laughs> Mark that up. I, I think we don't list. even need context for that. <laughs> All right. So <laughs> having that dagger, which is... You want to set the scene a little bit? Yeah. So... <laughs> so we were outside of a wagon. <laughs> so having the dagger given to me by Glinarin, um, I... Had, I, we had a two, three-week hiatus between episodes. Um, now, where was this? This was final episode. In the in the tower? With uh, all the... Yeah, yeah I, I am assuming that's what he means. Yeah. I know, I'm just... I'm, I want to put a scene out yeah. there for people yeah, yeah, who are yeah, jumping this in. This is before you guys went into the, the in, spire. Right, before we, before we went into the spire, uh -huh, okay. Glinarin gave me the dagger. Uh-huh. Um, and then we had like a three week hiatus and then we we're getting into goth goal Gamel. Um, and the whole time Elma, like I was thinking like, okay, this has to be a super, like, you know, she gave it to me in this like really pivotal moment. It was really powerful. So like, like this dagger has to have some sort of like absolutely profound <laughs> meaning, which, uh, which is one of my questions later. And then we are in the spire things are going on like things are 
crazily going our way, which like knowing that this is sort of final battle, I know this is sort of like the pre-battle before we get to the real battle because right. things are going too well. And and for the three weeks before that, I was I had been thinking, oh, like 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 what does this dagger do? What does this dagger do? And I and then the entropy spirits there, and I'm like, oh, it has to be tied in because that's like the main source of what's happening and we need to deal with that so maybe i can just like shortcut this whole thing and just take care of the entropy sphere that's a big portion of what we have to deal with and then morion will maybe come in and be less powerful than he would have otherwise a couple arrows he's down you know um <laughs> yada yada yada, yeah, yada, yada, yada hero of um the the, the city and so i I was like, you know what? Uh, Elmon's just going to go for it. And, that, you know, he's going to trust that Glenarin has gave him this. Power. Oh, yeah, put it on her. <laughs> Obviously. Um, and right, just. Right. Oh. <laughs> and I just went for it. All right. Um, to, to my demise. All right. It was, um, it was a brave thing. Brave, it was brave. It was brave. Uh, along the following that question, what would have happened, Tom, if he would have rolled uh, anything besides a one? That's a great question. So yeah, Elmon uh, plunges the dagger in. He's uh, messed up. This is like the most powerful five foot sphere in the entire universe. You know, of the whole campaigns right there. So that's really bad to touch. It was five feet. Uh, I thought it was huge. No, it wasn't like, massive. Oh, I, no, it was. Don't get in my head then. No, it was like person huge. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm glad I cleared that up with my clear <laughs> yeah, no, descriptions. I was thinking, you know, like 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 hula hoop. At, God, I was thinking most, 30, but, um, 30 feet. Okay. Yeah. So the roll, if you had rolled uh, poorly, uh, not a critical failure. If you had rolled poorly, it would have been you, you. You would have had maybe two moments to affect things as opposed to the one moment you did. Yeah. But you were screwed. If you rolled well, you were still absolutely screwed. But you probably would have been affecting the campaign, maybe or affecting that last battle every other round or so. Okay. You would have had a lot more effect then. But you were still screwed the moment you did that. Right. But if you rolled a natural twenty. You pop out the other side minty fresh, you know? <laughs> yeah, but to get a one on that one, oh, the timing, the timing. A big failure. Uh, Eric asks uh, two things of um, Avius. He asks, you made me laugh in every episode, even when your antics were not in the group's best interest. <laughs> oh. That was it, no question. Uh, <laughs> but this second question, I think is rather, rather, um, rather good one. Kobold, kobold, or kobold? <laughs> <laughs> well, Eric, what you need to understand <laughs> is the minutia and the differences between the kobold. My, my question's more poignant. Who is ready for adventure? <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorite, I, I had this joke in mind for like three months. Like probably after episode four or five, when you started doing the, uh, haven't you heard of Katora Myland? I had this joke in my mind of, we need to get to a point where some official unrolls uh, a map. Uh, 
and I, I had this joke in my mind and for the longest time and we got to a point where I could do it and I did it and I called out all these other random locations and he just haphazardly says Katorum Island as though it's a matter of fact. Oh, I was just grinning from ear to ear. Awesome. I'm grinning right now. So happy. <laughs> oh, that's so good. justified. <laughs> uh, Eric asks of Rill, Stump Runner. Oh. The choice no. of a halfling character following the portrayal of Olgrim was a bit surprising. I feared that without a tank character, the group would suffer. Did you have this concern? Absolutely. <laughs> it was it was a nightmarish consideration. I was like, the moment I do this, there's a significant change, but it also pigeonholed me, if you will, uh, to one class. You would have so to be I, a tank of some sort, a, a paladin all the time. or something. Like uh, so the exotic, and this goes a lot to uh, you, Tom, the GM, and the flexibility of play. It's still damn dangerous, but even though, uh, you know, stuff is coming, it was still uh, workable with pretty much any class, I, I think. So when I broke out the bard, everyone else, yes, had to step up and assume, you know, probably more significant roles, you know, getting in the face of some of the damage and whatnot. But uh, it allowed Real to explore his class. And uh, so, yes, it was a definite consideration. Um, but uh, I I, th I felt pretty comfortable with the decision towards the end. And keep in mind, I would have been totally happy playing another dwarven fighter. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Had the voice down and everything and just whole group brother or something like that. Uh, but yeah. Uh -huh. I, I thought Real did an amazing job with his utility spells. Like the, the blue mist. Holy shit. So many times. <laughs> the blue mist. The buffing yeah. of play, the debuffing yeah. constantly of enemies. Debuffing? Yeah, yeah the was... crowd control skills. I mean, like, like you definitely, you expertly employed oh, expertly. the bard's abilities to, you know, pull us out of uh, harm's way multiple times. And, you know, there were plenty of battles that, you know, our success was very pivotal on, on Rill's ability to you know, make, make someone laugh, literally. <laughs> um, yeah, that's right. Yeah, you know, and, and then, you know, have somebody do this and then do, you know, like, I, 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 I think one time and all the time real partied with us, um, did I see him draw, you know, his sword. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, there's only one time where you actually engaged in true melee combat with something else. Um, yeah, I think I, I think I do yeah. recall. And I think it was early on because while while you were still getting the feel for for your character, um, that or like we just had, I, I forget the moment, but we had a lot going on and 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 but that's the only time that I saw you actually like like engage in melee combat and not just strum your loot and do something mystical. <laughs> and a lot of it was in my mind unsung. Because you can get like, you know, you know, thanks for the huge heal or the cool winter blast or thanks for the fireball or the 26 point arrow shot. And you're doing ridiculously low lame damage as the bard <laughs> and you're not healing, but you're just sidestepping the whole party. It's a little bit to the left, or a little bit to the right. So all this damage and effects are just slightly off just enough. I remember when we talked about your new character, uh, I just said, no, it's not fair for you to be stuck in a tank role. I mean, we all balanced the party before we started, but I said, just do whatever you want. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll balance the encounters out so it's still a challenge, but not overwhelming or something. And I just, I thought it was just gonna be a mess. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and Elmon did have to use his rapier a little bit more after that point, but it, but I was only ex- a couple times. There were uh, yeah, only a couple wasn't times a lot. early on where like Elmon stepped in and like decided to move into melee combat, but then realized like, oh, Rills kind of got it, so I can just stand back and. You weren't very good at it either. <laughs> no, no. I mean, there's there's a good reason why his bow was his main weapon. They did, spent a lot of points going that way. And uh, I and I was expecting it to just be a, a just slaughter of big things, just mowing down the party, and mm-hmm. the party's just now scattered, just a big mess. But it didn't turn out that way. Was, and and Valiant was not there for like what 10, 15 episodes. Yeah. Yeah. So there was no tank in in any way, and it still worked really well. So how the hell do we survive? <laughs> just. <laughs> I when uh, when playing real for on the me- on the mechanic side of thing, I had an upside and a downside. And on the upside is, you know, range fun, you know, chances of things missing or giving you guys ultimate bonuses. But the downside that I had was uh, a lot of things were locked into concentration, so I could only yeah. do one thing at a time. Yeah. It's like, ah! The paladin has that like crazy uh, was, concentration. But it was a lot of fun to play, and uh, you guys work well with every class I've seen played together so far so it was Great. that was a blast. Uh, this uh, brings up another uh, question from a listener though uh, Jack S uh, when real first joined the adventure uh, he felt that he had a large backstory he was very hush hush about what and why he was even there and he wants that cleared up a little shed some light on it because I, I, he I'm, really did. I'm to blame I think for that <laughs> Yeah, real Christopher came up with a, a cool backstory for real uh, dealing with cult-related stuff, and you can certainly share that. But he shared it with me, and um, I had some ideas for it. You then kept wanting to get back into it. Like four or five episodes went by. You even said, "I'm spending all 1,000 of the gold I have yeah. on information towards it." And I was like, "Okay." And so I started getting ready for that. But the group just went in a whole different direction then, and it's just like, "Oh." It's it's snowballing towards Morian right now, so yeah. yeah, I just could never get back to that. Yeah, the um, uh, I, I wanted to make a powerful backstory. I had just come off of Olgrim, so I was like emotionally vested. So it seemed like a lot of the ideas and concepts really kind of dulled at at that point. So it was a it was a trick. Um, <laughs> excuse me. Uh, so what had happened was is uh, Rill had been a traveling minstrel for a significant portion prior to the campaign, having a normal family life and whatnot. Uh, At which point, during his travels, he had encountered the Chaos Cult, not in an unfriendly kind of way, just a, we would like your help. We need your help to do this. Small things, simple things. Uh, But at some point, it became a little bit more maniacal and sinister and whatnot, and they actually threatened his family, ultimately taking the daughter and the wife away uh, to kind of secure him into service, if you will. Later on, uh, Rill finds out that uh, the wife has been killed and the daughter is in servitude somewhere. So I wanted to find the daughter. Now, the trick was, is how did I know any of this? And that's where I started playing the blue mist for a, a bit of time about things that you guys would see in the visions and whatnot. Uh, I really wanted to play that out more. It didn't come up as much, but uh, th- when I first did it, and I forget, I think it was with Elmon's character. I think so. Um, yes. You had a, a vision of the Feywild where you saw halflings at, in the trees and kind of whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's where anyone who was awake and walking around was dead in the world. 
anyone who was asleep in that world was alive in the world we were in. So when you saw it, you saw the wife cradling Rill and the daughter. That was like, oh, I hope someone gets that, but it didn't. <laughs> yeah. um, but uh, and then I kept playing off of that, so it was it was uh, significant. Yeah, I was trying to draw it out a little bit more, but it just didn't get there. But that's that's okay. We, you know, we we should have done like one of those Star Trek episodes where it's just like a Geordie episode. Uh-huh. <laughs> we should have done that for real. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Eric also asks, uh, going uh, to his questions again, uh, of Rill. After Morian's cloud shield dissipated, he was vulnerable. You had previously tried heat metal. I thought there was an opportunity to try heating the crown again before Avius bubbled him. Was that an option? Uh, let's see. That was heat metal. That was level two. Uh, I don't think I was out of spells. I think I had a bunch of spells. Um... I forget my action that I that I took at that time. Um, so Morian was a, a big problem, but one thing I kept finding out what was frustrating as all get out was casting spells and gets resisted, casting spells and so forth. Uh, he finally becomes vulnerable, but at that time we had a giant skeleton on us and a lot of other things affecting us. Uh, I don't... That, I had already lost the... The Phantom Hourglass, I think, maybe. Um, <laughs> that that was... saved so much damage, by the way. <laughs> but a brutal loss just came up and stepped on oh, me. Yeah. I'm like, ah! Um, but you negated, like, whole creatures with that. That's very powerful. Yeah, I saw Avius was under threat a lot, so I was holding a lot of stuff back for real. Because I needed uh, uh, his, um, his inspirations to counter any kind of crushing blow that might come to Avius, especially now since the Phantom Hourglass was gone. So I had a lot to contend with. Morian was actually the least of my concerns, uh, even though that could have been devastating if he'd got close to us and done whatever. But yeah, I was I was literally thinking of the party that <laughs> during that mess. So He asks of Valian, Eric asks, during the closing moments of the final battle with Morian, what were you hoping to accomplish by striking the door? Oh, I was hoping the the door, like I, we could close the whole thing off. Oh, okay. That's I, it was kind of like saw where we were at, and I'm like, oh, I don't know what's gonna happen here. And it was a uh, it was a roll of the dice, like it's because if I could have hit it and it crumbled, and another one, like because the other yeah. one, the one that was damaged, I was hoping maybe I could just like, oh, okay, and then down, like. Yeah. Take a bunch of power away from him. Go for it. This plot related questions. <laughs> were they related to the lacing gates? The doors were not related to the lacing gates. Nope. Nope. They were doors to other planes, right? They were doors to planes of chaos. But one was destroyed, just like we had destroyed one. Yeah, it was destroyed. I, I mentioned it very uh, offhand. Yeah. It was destroyed by a lich long ago in his attempts to access the Bane Warren. He, he essentially he overclocked the, the entropy sphere, <laughs> uh, burst the gate, and that was able to it. yeah, and that was able to create that uh, rift in the Bane Warrens you guys went through. Okay, all right. Uh, going back a second, in that scene where Valian is is trying to deal with that, Rill was committed to what because he had no idea what he was going to do. Oh yeah, he's like, whatever you say, Valian, I'm on here. So when you start banging that thing, I'm like, okay, so right away I'm going to jump to the next door and try to just mimic whatever she does and. Yeah, it was. It became instant sepatico, whatever yeah, we were doing. But a, it's a crazy, intense scene. Oh. It was. 
Uh, we mentioned the Bane Warrens. I just remembered an area. There was a branching area you guys did not further explore because you had a job to do. Yes. Which I totally appreciate. <laughs> there was an area that uh, would have taken you to the... Sword of Lies? The Sword of Lies, which and Valiant, I thought, was going to be all over that. Because uh, that's the church's goal is to get this. For sure. But at the same time, it was in the moment because i thought about it but i'm like i'm here with this party mm -hmm. as like not quite a member of the party but with them and uh uh it's definitely something she looked into afterwards i was interested to see if anyone's gonna grab it and then wield it perhaps the sort of lies in the final battle it would literally a double-edged sword oh. <laughs> I mentioned it, but I do. yeah I think it would have been bad news. We were, we were warned against. The yeah, we had a, we had a, <laughs> if we had the hand long ago, these rooms would have been explored. <laughs> Looted <laughs> on eBay. There but yeah, a, we were on a deadline. Oh yeah. We were just like. There oh. was another branching corridor and the it was. Cloak of generals? Uh, the cloak of the. Cloak of the general? Cloak of. Uh, 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 the hollow general, I think, hollow or something hollow like hollow that. General. Yeah. Yeah. That's the Arrow other, general. that's one of the titles of Morienne. That was his cloak in oh. there. Oh. Yeah. And it had a, a little boost for you guys if you wore it, and then he would have immediately claimed it and got a much more significant boost if he saw it on you. So that was interesting. And then also in that area, which you guys didn't go to, and I'm so upset we didn't go. Now that you knew. But, oh, I was so bummed because it was going to be a room <laughs> that also had a tiny, tiny, tiny rift into it that uh, a very small person could get into, into this small room that was already looted. So you'd have to unlock this door to go inside. And inside you would see a cut and a weird, like a slab and a cut. And you would all, most, no, no, not all, correction. Uh, Avius and Elmon would have like a real big connection to the stone slab in the middle. <clears throat> and there's that kind of a ringed hole and you oh. would see it's a conical area where a spiral, a metal spiral of the gray ascent oh. would be. And that's where it came from. It came from the Bane Warren. Uh. And way back when, this is episode 15 or 14, I described it. I said a female explorer hand reaches yeah, in yeah. and pulls it out. And then I show the lineage of the of the Grey Ascent going. So that was in the Bane Warrens at one point. Oh, I was so excited, but it didn't come to pass. <laughs> Chris, you're looking at me like you got a big question. Well, I that. have like mostly like plot related questions at this point. We're, we're, <sighs> oh, I got a couple from, from, from Eric. Let me finish up Eric yeah. and we'll do that. All right. Uh, Eric asks of me, Dungeon Master Tom, did it ever annoy you when Rill would interrupt and reverse a critical failure? <laughs> <with> a <little laughs> mess? <laughs> I imagine the first one's a yes, because I think that threw you. Oh, Why yeah, are you totally threw me. Um, no, I didn't annoy. I thought it was cool, and I thought the Blue Mist role-playing it out was great. Um, uh, yeah, I enjoyed that. But at the same time, uh, not in a I want to get you method, but at the same time, those, those ones are really interesting to me, whether I roll them or you guys roll them. The official rules of D&D &D is you can have a critical success on a 20, and I believe it's an automatic miss, um, maybe uh, some sort of failure concept on a one, but there's no critical failure tables that I'm aware of. And in all the skill checks, there's absolutely nothing on a critical success or failure. That's just something we do because that's fun. Yeah. Uh, that's enjoyable. So for all you budding uh, role players listening in, um, you know, take 
uh, enjoy those ones. Those can create interesting moments. Maybe not when you're Elmon at the final last scene going into an energy sphere. <laughs> but otherwise, I mean, those ones, when you fumble and your weapon goes sliding across the room, that creates dramatic, tense stress. Or even if it's something so obvious like you're in a, a sci-fi campaign your guy's the master of computers and you're just doing a basic computer check and you roll a one some people would say oh you should get the take 20 you know bonus on this or whatever but to me that's really funny you can make funny moments so i missed having uh, access to a lot of those <laughs> you just accidentally delete the yeah you know. so that was the only that was the only negative right uh eric asks of dungeon master tom do you know the difference between Avius and Elmon? <laughs> Good question. Yeah, I don't know why I would mix your names up constantly. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, for season two, I'm lamely going to separate the two of you into a different area of the table. That's the only mm -hmm. thing I can think of because you were both sitting on one side of the table. Your names are not alike. I don't know why. I have no clue. Both with vowels. I'd also like to point out, you pointed at me as real every now and then and go, all right, Elmon, you're doing this. And you're, yeah. yeah, it was so. like, I was everybody. <laughs> yeah, but it was primarily <laughs> Avius yeah, and Elmon. Yeah, it was primarily. bizarre. Absolutely bizarre. I have no idea why. I'm interested to see if it happens again. <laughs> he then asks, what character's action, Tom, surprised you the most? Um, I can think of oh, this one. Yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a, a couple weird surprises. I think the one that surprised me the most was after everything you explored in this chamber and everything you've seen. Avius then says, "Well, let's go look at the last tower at the end of this chamber. <laughs> this is inside the sewer mm -hmm. when you meet Morien and his crew for the first time." And the whole party is like, no, 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 no. This is not good. We got a really bad feeling. And I was just like, oh, I was not expecting anyone to get take another step forward into that area. Uh, I thought this was going to be a, okay, we're not ready for this. We need to get out. Um, and then it just triggered all this other interesting stuff. Oh, oh, yeah. I was like, oh, this is not going to be good. And then at one point, you're like, let's go jump down one of these holes next to this tower. And I'm That's like, Oh, I'm like, oh my god, he's gone. <laughs> was that utter dark? Uh, yes, that would be absolutely bad. Absolutely bad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, good times. Uh, and then his last question, Eric asked of the entire group. At the end, only Valiant and Rill remained standing. Technically, Olgrim survived as well. If you had to choose one and only one character from any that participated in the campaign to survive, who would it be and why? I would choose Elmon because I uh, just feel sorry. <laughs> no. <laughs> I actually kind of did want to see something come out of that. Like some, some new, uh, some new, I don't know children being born there. Elven I was children. hoping he'd take over the mantle of Ridithil's home. And, sure. Yeah. Had Elmon survived, that's that, that, that was the plan. Yeah, he would have um, gone to live in Ridithil's home with Glenarin. Correct me if I'm wrong, I know this isn't the answer to the question, but when the explosives happened under Ridithil's home, yeah. and it damaged it because you guys limited the damage, it didn't get the huge massive explosion the orcs were hap happening for, and you said if uh, Glenarin had been killed, 
Yeah. What did you say? So if <laughs> <laughs> so if Glenarin had been killed, um, Elmon would have had to make a decision of whether to kill Avius or not, um, for because he would have absolutely blamed him for it. And then regardless of outcome of that, um, Elmon would have slipped into the woods to never be seen again. Oh. Um, he 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 would have just been done with with the party with 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 society with people in general and um gone to go live in the woods where he basically you know he grew up out in the um countryside so that, yeah that would have been it then so yeah so uh, that would have caused elmon's retirement in that stakes moment. were high and, and no one and, ever knew uh, yeah. and and why was it that uh, the um because the, the home was under threat it was why why was avius involved well, we were down in the sewers, so we were coming back from the uh, experience with the ships, mm-hmm. Yeah, where Avius blew up the other two ships. Oh, so this is fireball related why we were in this kind no, of mess. No, 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 no. Oh. It's real. You had... You had blown up the ships with the heat metal. Oh no no! I mean I mean in the in yeah. the room itself. I'm predicting. Right. And then <laughs> I'm getting ahead of myself. And then Elmon had. Um, gone through the camp pilfered a note that was basically saying that it, you know he had um figured out that it was they were trying gonna try and blow up the elven home right so he was um basically compelled the party to go find it and take care of it and that's why we were down there and then they had the the big barrels of um gunpowder or whatever it was mm-hmm. to try and blow blow up the home um and he, then he yeah. just jumped the gun a little and yeah, yeah and what was it, like a stray fireball or something like that? No, he just no, ran because in. Oh, he just we, ran in. Yeah, because we, ah. like, like, like we were, we had the element of surprise, and Avius was just like, doop, and just started walking <laughs> forward, and just like, hey guys, how's it going? <laughs> <laughs> I was ready for adventure, and like, you know, like, basically tripped, um, you know, I got the it encounter now. Okay. without us having preparation. We're running out of time. We had a few moments where we could have come up with a strategy before before that happened, but... All right, but let's get back to the question, you guys. Uh, <laughs> one character from many of the participants in the campaign to survive, who would, who would it be if only one person could walk away from it all? I would say my pick would be Puck. Why? Uh, uh, I was a secret fan of Goblin Force. Uh, you know rooting for the underdog Uh, I saw Puck go from this timid druid spear wielding you know low damage healer to uh, (laughs) to a warrior a true warrior and a badass and just do you remember where Goblin Force came from? Yeah, from uh, from the with Mavius and uh, Show of Lights. Fuck yeah, the Show of Lights. I didn't remember that. Yeah, yeah. From the Founders Day Festival. Because it was right after the Catorum Four, and uh, Elmon jumped on that bandwagon yeah. as well, and Puck we're, was like, "We're all having our pissing match." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so yeah, I, when, I, I I did it. The the Yabael Four thing was literally just like a joke that I meant to be like a one off <laughs> thing, and then like you know the the Kamazar or whatever. I just like, ran with yeah, it. Yeah, I was like, oh shit, what have I done? <laughs> but like, literally, I like had no intention of doing it, but then once, you know, like an official grabbed on, I'm like, eh, F it. But anyways, you were saying. Uh, this, that's just where it came from. Uh, uh, if Puxer had survived, it would have been awesome to just like tell tales of uh, how he would have totally joined up with uh, Olgrim. 
thought oh. you were going to say Glenarin, but yeah. Mm-hmm. After, <laughs> hey, gone back with your family? <laughs> as much as I would, no, no, that, is, <laughs> that was never going to happen. Uh, and as much as I want to say Puck would be my answer to this question, uh, I got, I, she wasn't around very long, but I got attached to Valiant, and I'm really happy she survived. Oh. Because, yeah, Puck, I don't know what his, his future would have been. Any other uh, thoughts on the on one character you'd like to have survived? Uh, I'm very glad Olgrim survived. Um, you know, hey, he was definitely, you know, I think kind of what's 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 best in all of us sort of thing. Um, but failing that, Elma. Well, that's a touching <laughs> sentiment. I like that. that that's that's no. very. I like that. Heartfelt. And and I say Elma mostly because like you know, not only because I was playing him, but like he like Morian had his thing for him. So like, you mm-hmm. know, to have been able to kill Morian and survive him would have been um you know yeah. a great uh F U to to to, to Morian and Morian was disappointed he shows up. Yeah. He's like, Where's Elma? What's going on? It's go time. Actually it should have <laughs> it was kind of Partly feeling this, but uh, Elmon disappears in the sphere, and then Morian joins in. I half expected you to be like, "What are you doing here?" <laughs> that kind of thing. I kind of wondered if there might have been a little like showdown in the sphere. Mm, I was yeah, I was like, I was that was I sort of knew was waiting he, for that wasn't going to happen. By the way, I did not personally, as Tom, like having to deliver Morian's taunt that he did. Oh. About uh, him making uh, Puck suffer yeah. and uh, beg, which uh, he was absolutely lying about. He has no control over any of that. Um, okay, good. Just in case any listeners are worried about no. Puck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did you have anyone, Christopher, that you would think of? Uh, I, uh, I, I think I mentioned it before. I wanted Elmon to survive because I thought that there were two big reasons. One was Morian. That is just a great carryover of justice, if you will. Uh, the other was just this, the elves became this part of the city, which in my mind was like this big incorporated kind of protected embassy, if you will. And uh, and, and that had its own story that was developing. It was protected. It was sanctuary. They were, you know, they were something. They had lore to them. It wasn't just an offhanded inn or something like that. And so when you started interacting with... Uh, uh, Glenarin, uh, it it started taking on a, a shape, which I was really starting to enjoy. Even though, and I have to say and be completely honest, I was very annoyed at your secrecy with the, no, 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 I'm not going to tell them about this. I, they could come anytime. No, 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 I'm not going to. I wanted to be more a part of that. Oh. But I was like, ah, oh, I can't be a part of that. So, but yes. Elmer, Had it become relevant, Elmer would have made more of a point of it. And been like, go here and like, you know, like, like you can go there, uh, sort of thing. You would like, give your permission, and then yeah, you would go. yeah. But you know, he, uh, you know, as 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 he was wont to do, he would hold things a little close, close to the vest. Um, but would have given that uh, if it proved, you know, if he felt like it was something that would have been, you know, not necessarily necessary, but um, would have been beneficial gotcha. to gotcha. to to the party. He was sort of holding that as an ace up his sleeve and been like, yeah, go, you know, <laughs> the door will open for you. Just go sort of thing. The world's ending. We need a spot. Yeah. You're the man. I got it. 
I, by the way, had originally intended Arithel's home and the elves to be uh, just a one-off uh, location. Yeah, I didn't expect it. Why did you? What what compelled you to to develop that storyline? It just kept coming back. They were a, a, a useful part of the story, and then um, how I design the campaign stuff is I've got different organizations or individuals or groups that have their own objectives. And I know they're moving towards A or B or whatever they're doing. And you guys then start influencing and hopefully causing chaos for these or helping these others. And I don't know, something about that that meeting with them and there was a regalness to it. I was like, oh, this little Lothlorien place is kind of cooler than I thought. I'm going to add them onto here. And they didn't really have any strong object. They're happy where they're at. But now that allowed them to be, you know, if I'm imagining all of these groups as like some sort of chart with circles of different groups, that allowed them to be a target from some of these other groups in my mind as I'm thinking as the campaign goes on, because it creates this lively sense of the world in my mind of the world goes on. Um, so yeah, they, they just they just became a useful part of that process and they kept getting visited. With what you just said, that reminds me of something that I wanted to bring up not so much a question it's just a a a comment um when we all originally got our little side quests at the beginning and then you know we took care of a couple and then elmons was to unfortunately i forget his name now i don't have my notes in yeah. front of me carpenter guy uh yeah Woodworker was he guy. the carpenter yeah. Okay, I f yeah. well, he was a merchant trader guy yeah he gave you the arrows right from the bat and he made furniture with his yeah. wife type thing yeah um and then when we didn't do his mission and then he went to go do it that <coughs> and then and then we went to go try and find him and he had been killed um like that was the first moment that i really realized your campaign world was moving individually from us yeah you know and 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 was a realization for me it also like i spent a couple days you know that night I had trouble sleeping because I felt so damn responsible for <laughs> not your character, <laughs> not Elmon. You, Chris, felt bad right, about yeah, 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 because 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 he died because of your inaction, right? And so I that 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 was sort of a turning point for Elmon as well. Of kind of it made him more driven to objective, like to complete these objectives mm. um, and and to try and disseminate what was more important and what needed to get done versus what maybe could be, you know, put off. Because um, that, that was my first realization as a player, realizing that, you know, our actions or inactions have real consequences. Oh, yeah. You know, our, our inactions, us ignoring a quest, like it's not like World of Warcraft, it'll be sitting there a month from now on our quest <laughs> With log. With an exclamation yeah, point yeah, still over yeah, the guy. Exactly. Um, and so that's that's an amazing part of, you know, your storytelling ability to, to have all of those parts going on in your mind that we don't even know about moving towards their own goals and, 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 and objectives. And that's, that's one of the things that I like as a player playing with you as a DM. Mm, thanks. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, like I said, I, I have these groups, they have their goals and I like to give you guys more than one quest so that you will not have time. Um, and so I don't know what you're going to do and that, Oh, okay. They're going to go for this. So then this happens over here. A great example of that to me is, 
You guys spent two, three episodes trying to work your way into the cult as cultists. Yeah. They then asked too much of you. You decided that ah, we can't keep going with this. And then it just kind of petered out all that energy and effort. And then the, then at that exact same time, Morian arc started to come in more and more prominence and you went that way. This is not a good decision or bad decision. You just, that's where your energy went. And I'm like, okay, the cult now has free reign. They're gonna meet this objective by this time, this objective by this time. And so, okay, they have free reign, free reign now to go to the Bane Warrens. They're gonna find that wish ring. They're gonna get inside. They're gonna understand how they're gonna use the moon. Everything just started going and that's why they, had were able to be as successful as they were. They were not cut up short way earlier. Very interesting to me. I like that. Um, to Eric's last question, for me, if there was one character that participated campaign to survive, if it was any one character who was involved in any of this, for me, uh, it would be a Mariel. I know it's not a player, but a Mariel who would survive. If she, if there was only one person involved in this story who could come walk away, it would be her because she was very interesting to me. Because yeah. she came from that faraway time with Morian and knew him personally way back then. She was a bad guy and reformed herself, which she is, really she really was. was. She really was. She was. <laughs> At, towards the end, Elmont actually sort of felt like she was actually, like, not working against us. Like, she, you know, he, he definitely felt like she was working to her own own ends, but they were compatible with what our ends were you know like like his first meeting he was like we're gonna have to kill her like do we you know do we just try and kill her now or do we have to kill her later sort of how thing. innocent is she yeah exactly you know it's like you know she's not that innocent um but as this the more he got to know her the more he felt like she was actually not evil a avius came avius when he first met her questioned her and then over time came to believe that she he, she was just using us as pawns mm. and that she was going to once we got morian out of the way she was going to step in yeah i mean but, you definitely elmon definitely believed that she was using us to her own ends but towards the end he definitely believed that those ends weren't incompatible with what the party's goals were so for me that was the seed I wanted to uh, kind of plant and throw you off was her filling in uh, when in reality she was a, a, a helpful character. On her end, she's now stuck with the stigma of I surround myself with dead people. That's where I get all my power, but I want to be a good person. So people won't like me. Her entire goal was to get involved in the community. That's why she had that party and other connections. She wanted to go up the social ladder to be I think part of a tribunal, one of the three branches of government. Um, she wanted to be a, 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 an actual leader of the city and not a terrorizing leader. So that's why she was helping a lot. All right. Do you guys have any other questions? Yes. <laughs> you got a lot of plot questions? Uh, yeah. So let's, let's get to the one that's been bugging me the most. Uh, we'll start at the end. The, the dagger that Elmon had that Glimmerin yes. gave gave him. What was that for? Uh, the dagger could have been used uh, to finally slay Morian because he he's an undead guy right and it's incredibly difficult to kill him it come it came from the, his time way back when uh, and was used in uh, the battle uh, with the dread one long ago and it could have killed him 
Not if he was just stabbed, but it could have done two things. <laughs> One, if it was the finishing blow, it would have ended him. All right. Uh, otherwise, he would have just gone away and, you know, the next season, there's a, you know, <laughs> level one heroes are dealing with Morian a thousand years later. Yeah. Uh, the other thing it would have done is it would have uh, cut his shield in half. Okay. His little wispy shield. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. So two rounds and the shield would have been gone. So second question related. Um, would have he, so you, when he got put, when he got put put in the bubble and then push towards the utter dark slash entropy spear. Mm-hmm. If he had gone into the utter dark, would have he been gone? Yes. And second question, in your mind with, with the way things, with what you had planned, when he went into the entropy spear, you had, sphere, you had said something to the effect that you know, he was executing his plan earlier than he intended, <laughs> yes. but this was his plan all along. Was there any way for us as the party to have avoided him getting into the entropy sphere? Not pushing him towards it? Not pushing him towards right. it would be the first but, step. But, but <laughs> failing, yeah, but, you know, like, had we cornered him and, like, you know, Elmon and the dagger still been in play and, you know done that would have would have he still found a way to get to the entropy sphere and then have to deal with that but that's entirely just up to that battle okay. i mean you guys can could have physically gotten in the way he did have uh i don't know to answer that he had a uh dimension door that 500 foot teleport okay um so he could have, have he maybe could have but there. it would have been no, but he, I think he used up his that spell level. But anyways, he had some mobility, but it was all just more battle encounter. Can okay. you physically get in the way? Okay. But imagine me as the GM, my my concern as this big character is being rolled towards his goal and the one substance that the utter dark that can end him. And I'm just like, what's going to happen? What? Oh my God. That was a very interesting moment. Going, going back to that room, the teleportation circle, where were those demons going? Oh, good question. Um, so... And is Skippy still there guarding? <laughs> there was one cultist nothing? left. Yeah. <laughs> so there's, oh man, there, again, there's, there's things that happen behind the scenes, again, as we said, if you're not acting towards it. Uh, one of which is Crooked Nose. You remember Crooked Nose, yeah. the cultist? He was not in the final battle. Nope. Yeah. Because he was caught by Morien doing another encounter I totally expected you guys to be involved in on the we're joining the cult arc, which never took off. Mm. And there was a big encounter, there was a big plan. He was involved in that, and Morien's agents got involved in that, and he was killed there. And from that, Morien learned the cultist's plan that involved um, using the entropy sphere to bring in the Valis moon, which would cause a lot of chaos to magic, which would just let him zip right through the whole Lacian gate issue. Um, so, um, so I'm getting to, <laughs> did you have a, a bunch of hands just went up? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so all that's going on. The cultists plan uh, was to bring this moon in using the entropy sphere. A lot of people died to make that happen. And it does two things. One, it's got a huge magic concept to it, so it threw off all the spells, uh, which we didn't have too many bad chaotic effects from it. 
Um, that did keep me, though, with the craziness, whatnot, and with the prior problem with teleporting. I was, I had my hand covering my dimension door spell and whatnot, so I was not tempted to use oh, it I at see. all. Because I was like, oh, I'm in the utter dark, <laughs> you know, whatever. <laughs> anyway, so, so the goal you're asking, so what was the goal of the teleportation? It's all connected to their mantra. You know, remember their mantra? What's their mantra? Seven will come, seven will fall. Yeah. So the seven who came are the seven angels, each in a temple. Those were not castles or fortresses, yeah. those were temples on the moon. And uh, they were sending those demons to uh, kill those uh, seven angels. Once those were done, the angels would each release a huge golden chain. Once all seven chains were released, the evil powers that the chaos uh, cultists believed in would be set loose upon the world. They that was a much, much more dire enemy than Morian. They're both bad. Um, and Morian knew that. And that's why his first thing when he got into the entropy sphere is get that moon the hell out of the way. Um, so the concept is that moon was always there and was always keeping these powers at bay that are in, in, in the world you're in. And the moon was uh, protected by being sent far, 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 far away, never to return. Um, but then the cultists brought it back. So mm. the cultists, I had always kind of thought the cultists end was to help bring Morianne. But Morianne was just using what the cultists, he was like piggybacking on what the cultists were doing. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They. No, were... I didn't realize that either. Oh well, I'm a great DM. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> so the cultists had their god. Their their. Well, we didn't explore that story. Or yeah, that's true. Either. They had their goal of bringing forth their their chaos god type things. Um, don't sue me, Games Workshop. Um, of uh, bringing their gods to cause chaos. Morian's an entire different guy. And then also, I think you there was some confusion maybe by you, Tim, or someone else. Morian was not the fellow in the Necropolis. That was an entirely oh, yeah. different character oh. who was pissed off that this Morian's returning, and he's like, "I want to be the guy who gets the city, and but I can't leave the Necropolis." So there were lots of different factions that are going on in the in the city. So another question then. Oh, of, of which, if I can say real fast, I was always bummed you guys didn't have a reason to go to the Dark Reliquary and go down in there where that dude and his people were all at, because that was another fun little dungeon area, oh, but that's high that level stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, was the Dark Reliquary the sewer part? No. No, that's Morian. Nope. Okay, so how... So that's where Morian was the whole time. Mm -hmm. Was in there and when we found that secret passage like like we were like second or third level um yeah this was in the sewer area yeah sewer campaign part right uh and we found the secret door that went into morian's lair that started this whole thing like what were you thinking to get us in there like like why the hell did i let you in there yeah <laughs> <laughs> I got you. Like, like, yeah, you know, I got a natural twenty on investigation. Yeah, Olgrim did. Yeah, Olgrim. So yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, was did, did we just happen we, to we get could have the all survived, success where that door was? Yeah. Like, well, I, I, how, how how did that play out? I'll say a couple things in my defense. <laughs> if you're in the city of Tallis, no matter where you're at, there is something much darker beneath <laughs> your feet. And then if you walk down some stairs and go into a dangerous sewer. There is something still darker beneath your feet. And if you go down into a dungeon, if you go down underneath that to a cave, you go down underneath that too, there's always something darker and deeper. 
So I wanted to make sure I could start to get some of that concept. We've been doing kind of your standard, um, not low fantasy, but your your Lankmar style um, city adventures, um, you know, thieves, merchants, that kind of stuff. I wanted to start to show you that there's other stuff down here. Uh, and I also wanted to make sure I was getting across that this is not uh, another Warcraft reference. A zone A goes to zone B, let's take care of this stuff. You can totally just go off the rails and get to areas you have no business being and could get killed from. And, or are you just gonna stay there and well, Tom clearly has every encounter balanced perfectly for us. We're totally fine, let's fight. And luckily you guys were like, no, let's get out. And I think it was, who was the slow one in that one? That would be Avius. Avius and Elmon went back to yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of guard and protect him on the way. But he didn't do a good job. <laughs> I mean, he did end up letting Avius die, but then... Wait, wait, no, I think it was determined that Olgrim was actually the slowest. But he got on... Yeah, but, man. yeah, I had to get on Puck. Riding Bareback was the name yeah, of that episode. Yeah. 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 So I, I didn't. I thought Avius was going down yeah, that one for sure. And, and he did. He, I have only one more question. Only one more. Wait on. Did the Goblin Boglig Union <laughs> result... In goblins, yes. <laughs> okay. And uh, you got to cover up. Yeah. <laughs> and not only that, but um, that happened. And then we did like three months went by. You worked on the manor. I mean, that's like a couple generations of boglins yeah, at that okay. point. So Pug has like great grand grand frogs at that point. <laughs> Times. That's what I thought. All right. I ha I have some questions. I've uh, been wanting to know. Uh, we can all agree, I think, that role-playing is uh, pretty fun, but why do you guys care about making it into a podcast to share with other people? Why go through that extra effort? The fame. <laughs> yeah, I got the money. I'm an egomaniac. <laughs> <laughs> this is about me. <laughs> I don't care who listens. No. Oh, uh, it's, it's fun to have something to, like, point someone towards. Um, oh, to show what you're doing? To show, like, hey, this is, like, what I'm doing. Um... And it's some it's people in my life I'm super surprised, like, love the hell out of it, um, who've never played before, and this is piqued to their interest. Um, but yeah, just having something that will outlive us all is... That's cool. Pretty yeah, awesome. that's deep. Wow. Yeah. A fully contained campaign from beginning until to end. Until somebody stops paying for uh, the web services. <laughs> <That's> true. <laughs> Our AI overlords will Goes do, to have the dark it web. Uh, for me, it's just to explain my absences to my wife. So <laughs> <laughs> you have court-ordered proof. <laughs> Uh, what was the question? The question was... Why why put the extra effort into making this into a pocket? Why not just do role-playing uh, like we always do in our in the dining room? Why go to the effort of getting all these mics, all this equipment, uh, all the mixing, all the audio, dealing with website? Why, why do that? Uh, for me, it, uh, it, it serves on a number of different levels, but um, uh, I really like involving people can't see them that's fine hello everyone uh but getting them involved and then having this kind of dialogue not just you guys but the questions that we're getting now the interest uh entertaining is a big driving force i love having a story creating a story introducing a story and having someone 
love it or even every now and then getting some word like like wow this this affected me i was in tears or this made me angry and or this made me want to try role playing myself for the yeah, first time We've which is one we got recently yeah so we yeah. like there's a group that now does has done their first role playing game that's pretty cool How awesome yeah. is that yeah so that that's my take on it there uh all right here's my next question uh, what was the most exciting battle we had, in your opinion? Uh, I can't believe we've gone this long without talking about it, but uh, the fucking Kraken. Oh, oh yeah. That was yeah. our first, like, that was really our first moment where we were like, we may not win this fight. That was the first time we ran into legendary actions, yeah. I believe. That was going to be mine, too. Oh, yeah. For on a DM perspective of here's this crazy physical challenge of the five stones and you're racing yeah. around these lizards and that whole thing that's great that was done but it's like nope now there's an orc battle and orcs come in it's like whoa two-tiered thing and then the orcs and then halfway through that nope yeah now comes this crap i love that i remember in that battle uh, i was a little frustrated with olgrim because he <laughs> instead of allying with the Orcs that could have been on our side. He kept it like attacking the thing that wanted to attack the Kraken, and it's like the Kraken's the, the the bad thing that we need to get rid of. Then we can kill the orcs. But nope, Olgrim stuck to his guns and kept kept attacking that orc. I yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. That was crazy ass battle. We had two uses of the ring back to back, and that. Yeah. Oh my god! Did. Back to back? Was that even possible? No, it had to be a tune. You had to a tune. Oh, so, that's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, it but was used. Because I know Puck. That's Puck died. Came back. Uh huh. Did you get knocked? Did you get knocked out? In I fight? was. I think I was unconscious at one. Unconscious. Point. Yeah. 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 Okay. That's how. It, yeah. It's half the party down in one yeah. battle. And then Olgrim got eaten. <laughs> yeah. Uh -uh. Did he get eaten he or swallowed? Yeah. Yeah, if, or did he force feed himself into? Well, the, basically. Yeah. I mean, either way, you were swallowed, <laughs> voluntarily or not. No, that was a good fight. That was that was awesome. Would everyone agree that was the most? Or was there other? Oh, I mean, what was another big for you? Your exciting battle. Big one. I, uh, I like that one. That's a good one. But. <laughs> <laughs> I love sea battles. So. Oh yeah. When it came down to it, <clears throat> aside from how it ended and whatnot, visually, in my mind, uh, it played out monstrous ships, orcs piled on the decks, loading up cannons and whatnot, and we're fleeing like hell as best we can. They're still catching up, still catching up. There's this swarm of orcs on the shore. It was ugly all the way around, and I just, that whole fight was, you know, maybe it wasn't climactic, but... For sure was. Visually, it was just yeah. so If Rill awesome. hadn't done what he did, like, we were... Even if Rill didn't... Even Rill wasn't even there. I uh, just... That that whole thing was just an impressive... For Avius and myself, <laughs> my favorite battle... It wasn't a major battle, but it was the one with the other wizard. Um, that was yes. a fun one. When you went toe-to-toe -to -toe against that yeah. dude, that was... It was with... What was his name? Uh, we never did wrap that up. Shit, no. I totally forgot. Oh, yeah, we left him in the church. Yeah, but that, you know, I'm talking. Everybody knows. Yeah, what yeah, yeah. That that was that was mine because it was it was like it was a I wizard's felt like duel. I got to do something. Like, 
meaningful. I don't know. I felt like, ah, I get to use You were on your own. That was like, no backup. Yeah. That was. I put him in a bubble and roll him away. That's always McNoble defeat. To listen to the back and forth that you had and the, like you like you each counterspelling each other and stuff like that that was like that I cast counterspell counterspell yeah <laughs> that that was really that was really awesome to actually listen to that's like kids going no uh <laughs> um one of my favorite battles even though it was more a massacre was the ivory swords when we went in and just freaking obliterated oh, yeah. them um you know that was like like for killing um what's his face that i can't remember your friend very important friend Um, (laughs) yes uh it was like episode i don't know whatever oh this wasn't the bar this was outside the city correct yeah Yeah, okay whenever we went to go um try to free (coughs) the the guy who gave me the, the 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 side quest yeah and um just when we decided that nobody lives you know, and just killed Except everybody. For... We let the one guy go. Al Jespin. Al Jespin. Oh, yeah. Al Jespin. Yeah. Al Jespin. Yes, and we got Al Jespin. <laughs> yes. I, I, the, the ivory sword were uh, supposed to be one of those don't mess with them. You need to acquiesce to what they want. They rule those woods out there. Um, and hopefully you guys don't get your butts kicked. But then you didn't go through on that mm-hmm. quest line. And I said, I'm just going to keep them at that same power level. <laughs> and now, wow, you guys are kind of coming up. You might be able to actually win. Okay, now you guys are equal to them. More sessions go by. Wow, you guys are more powerful. And now you guys are way powerful. And then you finally meet them. I'm like, I'm going to play them the same damn way that they own this forest. <laughs> and they got their asses kicked yeah. big time. I think that was one of the first uses of Fireball, too. <laughs> it was a good use of Fireball. <laughs> um, oh, and the Clock Tower, of course. It was an exciting was battle. with the... Um, with the gray ascent the royal rumble uh, oh, yeah, yeah where i mean you know elmont put a put an arrow into puck's <laughs> back and then got punched later for maybe his fireball uh elmont yeah yeah all that stuff so going back to the orcs and the warship thing yeah it, if it ever seemed odd to you guys or anyone listening why there's this big mention of orcs and there's this big quest of go out there and scout and you guys just went out there, risked all your lives, immediately came back and just said, yeah, there's orcs. <laughs> there was a lot more to that uh, that was there as an available. Those warships uh, were absolutely more powerful than your ship, and it was a matter of can you get away or not? Can you battle them? I didn't think you were going to be able to battle them successfully. Um, do they uh, split up the party? Do they capture some of you? Do some of you get killed? That, that was not a, a, a fair battle for you. I was very interested to see what was going to happen with that. And there was a whole uh, large orc warband on uh, uh, further out east in multiple encounters I set up there. There was a gold dragon you guys could have allied with that was out there. Um, And so I'm just like, this is going to be interesting. And then all hell breaks loose and we have giant halfling throwing himself off the cliff edge. (laughs) Elmon split up in the group and I'm like, okay, this is not what I was expecting, (laughs) which always happens. And then the boat chase is happening. I'm like, Wow, even Elmon's not here. This is going to be even worse than I thought. And then freaking Rill just does amazing heat metal. And I'm like, this is totally defeats the entire encounter, <laughs> but it's so cool. I you got to you got to let it play. So, you saved a lot of interesting chaos in that as well. I'm only 
I'm only hurt by the fact that we couldn't see a gold dragon. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, what was the um, the thing? So in relation to that battle, uh, when we were going up the cliff face that was at the top of it, mm-hmm. that the the device, what was that? that? Was that? No, that was summoning. That was a navigational device. That was a VOR. <laughs> A uh, navigational device for their warships to uh, get them to where they needed to be closer oh, okay. to the city. So they had a couple of those networked along the coast. Okay. I think another interest, one other interesting battle was going down into the chaos dungeon with that chaos demon. Mm. Yeah. We never and then, revisited him. No, we didn't. Um, and then finding and rescuing Rill. Was that was that there? No, I rescuing Olgrim. Sorry, uh, Olgrim. 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 Yeah, that was one of my favorite music cues early on. The door kicks open yeah. and Elmon standing there, and then the drums just go, dum 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 dum. Like here we go. <laughs> I loved it. That was well done. Oh, thought of another question. All right. <laughs> uh, you had also mentioned Grey Ascent being a great battle. Yeah. The one that really freaked me out with the Grey Ascent was. All these great things of people oiling, oiling themselves up and slipping through bars, uh, all sorts of chaos going on. Puck is totally messed up. Um, uh, old, old um, Puck oh, has Puck, Puck, Puck has yeah, like sorry. zero yeah, hit points two and two death saves. Mm-hmm. So one more hit point of damage and he's dead. We've made that's how he starts that session. Yeah, that was because we had a week in between. Oh yeah, so I sat with that for two weeks. Yes. Yeah, I'm totally expecting you Stop. to die. Totally. My thought was Puck's gonna die. There's about a 75 percent chance Puck's gonna die. And if he does and things start to cascade, and if Christopher decides not to escape or not to be secretive about it and decides to be confrontational with the Grey Ascent, we probably have a 20, 25% chance of a total party wipe. Mm. I, that was also a concern, but it's out of my hands. It's you guys going at each other. So, but what really ramped that up is the dramatic scene when Olgrim points his sword at Puck, who's yeah. unconscious on the ground, and says, like, let me go or stop fighting me or something like that, or I'll I'll, I'll kill the goblin. Uh, he, I Elmon, I think, had the Grey Ascent at that point. Oh, and said, like, yeah. come back or something? Yeah. And yeah. so that, that was huge. That's a threat. And I'm like, wow. And then you say, I run off. And then Christopher, as Olgrim, you say, I stab Puck. Uh-huh. <laughs> And then that was it. And you just turned away and like started writing like it was done. And I'm like, holy cow, this this is insane. So I just verified your stab. I just want to make clear you're stabbing Puck right now. And you're like, yeah. And you're like, well, wait a minute. Avius has made some efforts to try and stop him. Uh, All right. Maybe I won't. Like, wow, that was insane to me. That was a very exciting battle for me. Question about that. Um, <laughs> remove curse, which we had obviously had some hints by getting the scroll and other things that we missed. Um, were there more hints out there of how to defeat the Grey Ascent um, with the remove curse that would have prevented that from happening? Yeah, the remove curse would not have removed it. It would have uh, suspended it. Right. Allowed us to remove it and like, you know, then we could have at least not been compelled by it in that moment, right? For a bit. And then the person, the the yearning would come back, you know, like a couple hours later. So it would have helped. Um, But there was nothing pre in advance about it other than um, just warnings about the guy, I don't know, just apologizing and that kind of stuff. Um, but no, it would have been uh, a very challenging situation of how do we get rid of this? 
um, researching it while it's in the party or on the loose. And I never expected it to be on anyone's hands. The dude got killed and got separated on this fencing thing, splattered right in front of Olgrim. And I'm like, okay, this just got interesting. Hmm. How do we ramp this up? Uh, I have a little thing I want to throw in. If, I want to play a little if, a short if. If Olgrim had gotten away with this thing, what was your intent with Olgrim and the Grey Ascent? Yeah. So if Olgrim had gotten away, he, you would have lost control of him. He would have been an NPC on my part. Mm -hmm. uh, you probably would have uh, spoken, you know, you would have taken control every now and again, but he would not have been a regular part of the group. He would now be another one of those circle group organizations. It would be Olgrim and the Grey Ascent. And then I would let you decide maybe what are some of his now affected goals. And essentially the Grey Ascent makes you do whatever you do better, but in a darkish kind of a way. So the tinkerer made evil clockwork things, whatever it was. So we would decide, you know, what, what would be for Olgrim. And he would now become a, an, an NPC threat. He could have become an, an enemy for the group throughout the whole campaign. Oh, almost. Would have definitely yeah. become an enemy because we would have had to, you know, felt like we had to get the Grey Ascent yeah. back. And Puck could have, Puck brought himself, if Olgrim had turned against us, could Puck have, nope. like, allowed... <laughs> Think of know, that drama, you know? Yeah, yeah. Multiple battles, trying to chase him down. You finally get him in the evil castle, and it's like Puck versus Olgrim. It's hard to say, but I don't... You were the chosen one, Anakin! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Elmon could have done it, but because he, he had the high ground, but so none of those other yeah. things at Malil's auction were Banes. Nope. I, I knew they weren't. Nope. I knew we were wasting time on it. Oh, we wasted time. <laughs> <laughs> Not me. I, w I was keeping. I was keeping notes. I was yeah. like, okay, so Bill from accounting, he has this and this. Yeah, I was too. I was <laughs> We've like, got to I, track these people down. I kept at, <clears throat> so, I mean, eventually I stopped thinking about it, but like for the first, I don't even up through the Grey Ascent, I was still like, now when are we going to go back to that one book? And then there was <laughs> Nicholas, and there was the, yeah. Nope. Um, Alright, next question. Uh, the, campaign, the campaign took place mostly in one city. So what was the most interesting location uh, we adventured in your mind? Ooh. Just location-wise. That was fun. Um, but yeah, getting outside, going to the, yeah, the temple with the Lacian Gate, yeah. um, where we met ourselves. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that that was probably one of the most interesting questions. That was just a weird side quest. I was expecting you guys to skip right by. Yeah, no, that was that was really interesting. That was that was probably one of the more interesting places that I felt like we were outside of the city. I thought it was interesting that in that moment, you guys went in there and you found one of the brass-plated teleportation portal type things yeah. that went to the necropolis domed basement before you even knew what the necropolis was. I, was, yeah. I like that concept. <laughs> yeah. I loved, uh, I loved Middlehawks. I loved it. It was awesome. I want to go there. <laughs> but, uh, like, the there was some weird stuff, like, right at the beginning, like, when we first went to Middlehawks and there was that attack. Like, there was stuff that, that Puck wanted to revisit and then just never got a chance. But you mentioned, like, the twins, the two sisters. The sisters? I wanted to get after that, and it just never, there was never an opportunity. What twins? They, were, they, were, they weren't twins, but there was a the group sisters. called the sisters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The sisters, yeah. You'd have to go back and listen to episode 
one or I think it was in the first episode. Is is one of those quick mentions? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, I wanted them. They were like wrestling a giant or a troll. Yeah, troll. Yeah, I wanted. It was them so he's something that. he just like mentioned <laughs> off the cuff, and I'm like, oh, that sounds interesting. It's one of my favorite things. There's a, lots of little foreshadowing. Uh, in our previous campaigns we've done, I've done a lot of big arcing stuff with lots of foreshadowing. I didn't want to do too much of that with this one, but I ended up still doing it. Um, but I wanted this, since we're going to D&D and we're going to do a podcast, I said, let's just do a classic high adventure fun fantasy. So yeah. I try to do it too much, but then I would just drop these quick little lines mm -hmm. where maybe the first thing in a list of four locations was absolutely critical and the other three were nothing and i love doing that stuff yeah you do <laughs> <laughs> notes save lives uh -huh. any other interesting locations that really came to mind middle hawks was interesting i wanted that to be a focal point too for oh that's great i was i think uh, it got described well in, but i didn't like it uh, but i think in it's it's kind of like uh interpreting what it is in all the times that we had kept visiting Middlehawks, it became a warm, comfortable place. Why? Nor was there. Olgrim was there. Um, you know, it was a it was seen as a place. We didn't describe it, but it was always seen as a place like this is where you could go. It was know, home base. It was where everyone sanctuary. knew your name. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that kind of I have thing. a I have a completely have a floor plan of Middlehawks in my head. Really? Which is weird because <laughs> our the the house that we got. The Elnor or uh, Lenoran. Lenoran. Like, a, you mean had, Yabeo Manor? Shut your mouth. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. Like, I don't Real have, Manor. <laughs> I don't have Didn't a layout Yabeo in my Manor head. For, oh, really? Out, out, out of uh, respect for Elma? Just terrible. Nope. Terrible. <laughs> uh, respect Adamo. He just didn't like the name of your team. Uh, what, was the, what was the place? Um, Oh, I, I was talking about abstracts. Uh, sorry. Um, we never went there, uh, so I don't know if it counts. But the uh, the dwarven... It's the coolest place you never went. Caladel. Caladel. Yeah. Every time it was talked about. And there were just little hints. It wasn't, like a, it wasn't like a big overarching description, but I have in my mind two red lanterns yes. sitting red someplace. Lanterns. And, 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 you know... Green steel. Green steel. Mm. Yep. And all these just little hints as to what this place could possibly be was very intriguing to me. So though we didn't visit, that would probably be one of my favorites. Yeah. Uh, and you guys almost went that route, following that mm -hmm. dwarf kind of around near his home to go to the Bane Warrens where he just had a completely sealed off exit that he knew of. And you guys are like, nah, we actually know the way. <laughs> that was going to be interesting. And that would have been wasted several days with the world going on I, I was I was like oh this could get bad just the decision to follow this guy Ooh, very interesting but yeah that, that that place intrigued me too again there's always something more interesting beneath your feet there yes. <laughs> and imagine for me you guys it's just really exciting for me you guys are you know first level second level third level and you're episode four or five you're having fun out in the city doing fun things and i just like i can't wait for you to get down a tier and down beneath yeah. that one and there's uh, things that affect oh i was always just excited or n not knowing that there's a a, a a hand and a wrist in a box in your possession that yeah. goes to a bane warrens that you know nothing about that goes up to a spire you know nothing about and may not ever and won't for like 30 more episodes speaking of which what was the scroll uh scroll was nonsense nothing okay. absolutely nothing 
Yep. Because yep. you almost uh, did. I do have a question. Uh, maybe we talked about it. I don't know if we did. What would come of you if you failed your corruption? Oh, if you failed your corruption? Yes. <laughs> uh, it was going to be a concept of kind of like the gray ascent. Uh, but I had, I don't think I have them here. I, it was going to be cryptic notes handed over to you ah. so that you would, um, people would immediately start not trusting you because I would give you a note. Of course. And then, uh, you would be, uh, working slowly against the group slowly over time until they could take action. Now, the remove curse at that point might be able to help in some way. Um, but yeah, it was just going to be more of a secret of slowly pull the group apart. Um, type effort. Okay. Um, yeah. That was the goal behind that. What happened to Pyreal? Uh, like, his resolution or his beginning? Uh, for Pyreal, he, can, he he continues to pay the, the price of him trying to atone for his dark past. Um, so he just stays on the... He's, st- he's still free. He's still staying Could have on the we boat. Incorporated him as an ally. Say that again. Could have we recruited him as an ally? Would have he gone down to the Bane Warrens with us? Uh, it's unlikely, but possible. Um, but he was not eager at all to go back there. Yeah. He wanted to get totally away from that. I'd kind life. of wanted to think about that, about having him as an ally. Yeah. But I wasn't sure if that was a good idea. Or not. Yeah. Or if he even would have come because it wasn't. I yeah. was ready for, a, again, a big throwdown. Yeah. yeah. His first thing was, you know, I need, he tells the captain, I need you to do me a favor. I don't ask for much. Get you and your men off the boat. <laughs> and then, all right, you guys ready? <laughs> and you're like, let's talk. <laughs> and then the boat settled down in when, oh, I was ready for yeah. When the music started to swell, we're like, no, no, no. We've, we've got better. <laughs> Push real in and say, talk. <laughs> talk Fucking way out of it. Our way out of this. You mentioned Pyreal. Uh, it was. Is there another NPC you think would have made a good addition to the group? I yeah. always thought Morian. <laughs> you mean like Hazelton at the end? No. <laughs> I what do you? Thought. He could have saved El. If there was anyone who could have said, "Don't lick the sphere." That's true. It would have been Mister <laughs> Hazelton. But you said, "No, let's leave him behind." You mock his name, but he could have saved your skin. I tried to bring him with us, and you didn't want no, no, him no, to come. No, 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 no. I was the one that was adamant about leaving him behind. Okay, <laughs> but I tried to bring him, and I was like, like he's free hit points. Let's bring him. Did not that, put up. Yeah, with his you nonsense. wanted to bring him as a meat puppet, <laughs> not as, as a meat a... shield. Thank you, but yeah. So the listeners still. are like, we just heard this episode. We know exactly. Why don't you know? <laughs> Um, from the, the, but going back to your original question, Tom, uh, going back to how you originally described her, I was always fascinated with Valiant, even way before we even knew her name. And I was thrilled when I got the chance to, to play her. One of my favorites is when you had the gray ascent and you tell priest Daywan about it and he's like, okay, I don't want to mess with it. Go to the pale tower. And you're just walking there, and she just appears out of nowhere yeah. halfway there and just falls in line, doesn't talk to you, doesn't want to touch it, mm-hmm. and she's just ready to kill anyone else who approaches you. I thought that was pretty slick. Yeah. Um, and then, I don't know, I didn't quite get in the final battle as Valian, you were calling out, it, sounded like it was the names of the heroes, but there was also a different name. Uh, 
So her friend, when we when we came upon Valley, that's why I asked you at the beginning of the oh, yeah, episode. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Her scissor sister. Her yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, but her her friend who died in her arms. When you found her, her friend died. In, oh yeah, it's, um, that's why I asked in the main because I did not write down her name, and I had you off. Mike, that's right. Gave me her name. That's and I right. Hold on to it for a little bit. So you're yeah. called. Yeah, so you were for her. So like, I mean, for her again. And then it became for her, and, all about for her and Puck, and then for her, Puck, and Elmon, for yeah. Elmon and Elmon Avius. Yeah. All right, cool. I had had that uh, planned a little bit ahead of time. All right. Uh, what regret do you guys have about the campaign? Something you did, didn't get to do, or something we didn't pursue as a group? I have two. The first one was missing, uh, what's, what was Maureen? CR. Lissiar with the arrow that would have killed her before Puck died. With four hit points remaining. Oh, four hit points brutal. remaining. That's a, it was a huge regret of Elmont's. <laughs> and then stabbing the entropy sphere. <laughs> <laughs> Not in that order. <laughs> uh, sort of in that order, actually. Avius, um, I, I guess it's a regret. It's not really... I mean, I rolled. Oh, I tried to do immolation on the CR. Would have done the gobs of damage as well, and I rolled a one. I think she rolled a twenty. Rolled yeah, a yeah. 20. yeah, yeah, yeah. Which again is not part of the official rules, but it aids these sure. easy moments. She rolled a twenty and totally negated the entire spell. Level no five spell whatsoever, and same you know same thing could have could have possibly saved. Puck's life. Yeah. So that's what six d eight damage when it goes off. If you don't resist. Oh, like it, was, it was huge. Yeah. yeah. Never cast I think again. D six, but or something like that. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. but it's yeah, it's it was huge. It's, it's a ton of damage. Yeah, but I again, I like that someone and you guys did it too for, for some saves. You can just completely ignore uh, a, a half damage even effect. Um, it's not rules as written, but I think it's interesting because it's crazy drama resulted out of it. One of the coolest times that that happened was when, um, at least for me, uh, when we were facing the, the down in the Chaos Dungeon, facing the chains, mm -hmm. and Elma rolled a 20 um, when the chains were ripping around trying to hit him, so he was able to weave like, <laughs> yeah. right through him. But that, regrets, that was a scary time. Yeah. The Necropolis. Yeah, it was close. I've, oh, I've oh. got my regret. What's your regret? I don't really have. I'm trying to think of one. And I'm got not, no regrets. The legs. I mean, <laughs> I regret me, that. I was forced that. on Puck a little bit. I don't remember if it was a roll or what. I mean, you you, you gotta you gotta have the chub, you know. <laughs> Takes two to tango. Yeah. I, yeah. Well, Olgram got a natural twenty on that one. That's all I know. Yeah. What's Olgram's or Mills <clears throat> or Christopher's? Uh, no, Olgram's. Uh, and I had brought it up to the group before, so you guys have heard this, but the, I know the listeners haven't. Um, this was during the soliloquy with Puck wrapping everything up, and it was, man, it's still emotional. But what, what soliloquy? <clears throat> it was him saying, you know, um, about how he had injured Puck, couldn't forgive himself. Oh. Uh, this is my time. This is when you were leaving yeah. the group? Leaving the group, yeah. And uh, it was, it was, trying to come up with that stuff on the fly is just, difficult so it's Brutal. you know playing in the moment but uh the one part i i left the group that night i drove home and playing it back in my head and i'm like i came up with a whole part of the conversation that i meant to put in and i didn't get to say it and it was about how the sword itself 
was actually commonly misnamed as a sort of vengeance is yeah. what it was, yeah. but it was a sort of second chances. Oh. And I was like, oh, that's powerful. And that would have been cool to throw in there. But It yeah. was a moving speech, though. Oh, that was great. Yeah, I got, it got real dusty down oh, here. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm not crying, you're crying. <laughs> and, let's, and we've said this recently off the air, but uh, uh, the final speech of the entire campaign was fantastic. So this was nothing yeah. planned on Olgrim slash Christopher's part. Oh. I just set it up, and then I just threw it at him. Yeah. And crossing my fingers, I'm like, okay, you get the final really words as a as a character. At, when you raise a toast, you delivered a fantastic end. Yeah. Ingram had three just out of the park speeches. speeches. And mm-hmm. I, again, I, I uh, off mic, I, but all all three of you, uh, when uh, Puck's funeral and uh, the words you guys said were super touching and great and uh, very, a very good way to for me to just let go I'm very impressed with everyone here everyone brings skills to the table and creativity which I'll always admire so it's and that's walking away from season one <laughs> into season two holy cow I've got questions from Frank E. in Arizona. Frank wants to know, why did you guys pick the characters you did at the start of the campaign? God, that was my question. Okay, sorry. Thanks, Uh, Frank. For me, um, and this is all, this campaign, this recording is only my second ever real time in a role-playing campaign done a few one-offs one-shots mm-hmm. but then a big campaign before did, this did the, did the big space campaign previously um which i had mixed feelings about coming out of it so um, in a good way in, yeah yeah and it was it was out of my comfort zone to be a wizard it was interesting i thought it would re- be really fun but it was really out of my comfort zone because I knew I'd have to know, you know, this and that and these mechanics and that and the spell castings and it wouldn't have been just like, oh, I have a sword and it cuts people. And, you know, um, <laughs> so you chose your character just to get out of the comfort zone. Yeah, I chose a character just to experiment and just to try it out, not knowing how well it would go. Um, I think kind of, I, of course, we started this whole thing with a completely different system gaming system and and that lured me in partly too because of how that system worked so yeah if people don't know we started this originally with the genesis rpg oh yeah um i was all about it i think it was early 2018 uh, J- December, January, I was doing a trip in denmark and i was really reading about it, very excited they hadn't released their fantasy supplement for it yet and then as soon as they did uh, the Terranoff Fantasy Supplement, I said, let's dive in and play this. And I loved their dice concept, but it was just sometimes just too convoluted. I just wanted that quick perception roll. Just boom, what did you did you see it or not? Let's keep moving. And the system's just not set up for that. Mm-hmm. So we played the first session of all of these characters um, and recorded it yeah. uh, using that system. And it was fine, but it just wasn't as exciting and, and quick well, as well, fast paced. Yeah. yeah. And so I made the call and uh, it's like, hey, let's switch to fifth edition. Let's just do that. And I think it turned out extremely well changing out of that. 
You were concerned about spells. I was concerned about spell slots. I didn't <laughs> like with with the Genesis system. There was ways to basically have unlimited spell casting, just like you know someone would have unlimited swipes with a sword. Yeah. Or, and I thought that felt more realistic or natural. And so the spell slots thing, I did not like. But all in all, it worked out. You know, I learned how to how to play with it. So. But that's that's why Avius was Avius. Any other character uh, creation? Uh, I wanted to be physically. I wanted a character opposite of me in real life. Oh, uh, and I. He's pretty smart, Puck, right? That's <laughs> 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 true. Um, and yeah, I was gonna. I wanted to do like a a, a gnome or something like. But then we together, Tom and I, uh, uh came up with the goblin which is definitely not in the fifth edition player's handbook but yeah by uh, default yeah we made it work and uh it was awesome <gasps> and i warned you i think i said hey this is a cool idea like a shaman type goblin in yeah. a party but there's racism that's gonna be coming sure. yeah and he's like uh, yeah bring it on let's do that yeah and we you haven't even mentioned that but the whole arc of uh of trying to save the goblins and orcs from the city was great that was uh, that was a cool twist. Buck became a hero in that in their minds. Yeah, which everybody's <laughs> goblin force. Okay. <laughs> oh uh, yeah. Um, well, I'm kind of a one-trick pony. If there's anything I can do well as a drunk Scott, so you know, talking like Ogram, it's it's just second nature. So I just I just do it. Uh, <laughs> <clears throat> and and it just gets ridiculous. So almost every campaign, if you know me, uh, I'm playing some dwarf craziness, whatever it is. So it's it's more of a go-to for me. Yeah, like you're starting a podcast. Go to what's comfortable. Yeah, go to what's comfortable. Turn out could well. Just slip into the accent, and that's fine and fun. But uh, yeah, it gets a little a little angry, Scott. Every now and then. Anything with Elmond's creation? Yeah. So. Um I'm, you know, started off as kind of a stealthy type character in the um, Terranoth system. Um, and I'm a bit of a, a min-maxer by nature, which um, our DM hates. So um, <laughs> kind of went a little back and forth with him between Rogue and Ranger because um, kind of the, you know, the original 5e without the supplemental, the Ranger, you know, what in my reading was a little weak. Very dry. Like um yeah, didn't didn't keep pace at higher levels with some of the other characters, but um, after talking to Tom about it, kind of that was the 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 concept that I wanted, but I was leaning more towards rogue because I felt it would there would be more utility to it. But after kind of working with Tom for a while, really went with what I wanted the character to actually be. Um, you know, kind of the that concept in mind of sort of the, the the outsider by nature, the kind of solitary creature that ends up with a group, um, and you know the the not not quite Aragorn type character, but sort of you know a little esque, um, and then just kind of Elmon just developed out of that. And I did have a backstory with him that never really came out, got 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 played out, but. Mechanically, he ended up devastating. Yeah. He was like a Gatling gun that he would just start to warm up and then just yeah. heavy damage. Yeah. Yeah. I was surprised actually how much damage Elmon could do. Yeah, there was definitely, I was really <laughs> pleased with his, his, his DPS, if you will. <laughs> um, and his just ability to sort of, 
especially once he got the bow and was able to negate the legendary actions. That came in handy. Um, yeah. Didn't 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 didn't, didn't <laughs> totally get used that came ton, in handy. <laughs> but in the battle against Cargarath, it was Carverath, yeah. Carverath, it was huge. Um, yeah, I mean, and that 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 I I you know. I love that showcasing of Elmon's ability there against the dragon and just like, you know, that was his niche battle. If there was ever going to be a battle that was his his battle to be in, that was the one. Um, <laughs> you know, shooting through the stalactite. How big is that cavern? 500 feet? No problem. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> 500 feet, three quarters cover. I'm good. <laughs> I was uh, I thought it was really cool that we had mentioned this concept of Ilnoran arrows way early in the yeah. campaign and you had like a couple like three of them and they were super special and then later on you get the advanced ones but uh, we were really on and then you got to meet the dude yep. I thought that was pretty sweet yep. and then you didn't even know who it was at the end what was your name again uh, it's like oh come on I just figured it was some powerful some dude. dude that the that the elves knew that like you know they were friends with or something I did not realize it was actually Ilnorin himself and the elves in that bow and you might be kicking yourself for this one uh, that whole section of working with the elves there was another mini little quest line I had uh, prepared for that that never came because your again your efforts went outside of the city for quite a while and then came back um, that bow game wise uh, was going to be available to you many episodes earlier was my intent because I I did not like um, from a, a game designer perspective watching you just rolling the die each turn I'm gonna roll I'm gonna roll. There was no decisions for you as the ranger, pretty much. Right. There was, there was no. A little do I take? Trick pony yeah. Do I yeah. take the risk here? Do I take the? And I was like, damn, we've. And I got you a couple arrows to make a couple choices, but I was like, I, he needs a magic weapon that has lots of choices in some place. So I was glad you finally got something like that. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. otherwise, it's just the same roll. Yeah. Whereas these guys are what spells? Right. Do I heal? But I mean, my roll is plus ten, so it's know. a good roll. Yeah. But there's no choice right. to the roll. Yeah. Yeah, it's do I want to fire an arrow or do I want to fire an arrow? Yeah. Or, you know. Frank also wants to know, what would you guys have done different knowing what you know now? Not stab the entropy. <laughs> <laughs> That's one. <laughs> Open the box, man. Open the box. Open the box. And, uh... Just head right there. Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> well, no, I'd, um, it's a good question. Uh, going back to the clock tower and not not racing up that ladder. Oh yeah, that's right. That not going to the awful. the mountain to the dragon. To Why the hell did we even just go to Tullus? We just go someplace else. We'll be fine. <laughs> not going to the dragon. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, realizing mid battle, that's ah, it's it's a trap. It's a trap. That oh, would have bought us it what could a never day open or the gate so? in the first place. Not shot the arrow at Morian to begin with. <laughs> <laughs> that started the whole rigmarole. That's a great example of the evolving story of then it wasn't just a bad guy or a bad zone. It was, I hate Elmon. And yeah. now I'm going to go out of my way to mess with this dude. And I, I'm this is and now I'm stirred up. I'm going to get the hell out of here now. That wasn't on my mind to begin with when we started this whole campaign. I was like, oh, okay, things change. It was very interesting. Um, I've got some from a John C. in Portland. 
for me, Tom, how much of the overall story did you have prepared in advance? What were some of the biggest rabbit holes the players went down that you weren't expecting? Um, I had big arcs, ideas planned, but uh, I, again, I don't know what you guys are going to do to things. It's one of those, you know, the best laid plans when you go to war are immediately gone the moment the battle starts. So I'll create ideas. I might create a dungeon. I might create a, plot, a branching plot with different ways to come off of it. If they go and find clues here, they can maybe go to A or B location and I'll set those up. But then it's just like, whatever happens, happens. Okay, great. Now we have a puppet show outside this place. <laughs> that was <laughs> That was a great one. That was smuggling. Oh, so good. Amazing. So I'll prepare that kind of stuff. I'll, layered over the top of that is an overarching theme of whatever, you know, uh, Morian or the Chaos Cults. In between that are these zones of organizations. And then at the details level are battle encounters. So that's kind of my approach to the things. Uh, for biggest rabbit holes, the one would be going down to the little Morian Towers and then going deep into that. Um, that would have been a strange one. A not so dramatic one, but a very interesting one to me was the rabbit hole of let's go check on that family we rescued yeah. from the barge. And you went to go check on them. And then the guy said, uh, oh, I had to, they weren't in the seamstress place anymore. And then the landlord kicked him out. And then you went to the landlord, this little skeevy guy. And he said, oh, they're at the workhouse. I kicked him out of there. And you guys, I think, l pursued or left or something after that. But at some point you got to that workhouse and then you rescued him from there. And that was cool. I wasn't expecting that at all. And then you went and brought them into the manor. It was just so cool. I really liked that. That was all Evius and Elmon. Yeah, it was. Uh, John wants to know, uh, for everyone, what was your favorite, most memorable thing that another player did? Uh, well, let's see. Um, Olgrim retiring. Um, was big. Yeah. <laughs> um... Olgrim getting eaten by the Kraken. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, you know, for real, uh, not real puck. Um, the Bogleg thing was pretty funny. <laughs> uh, also, puck doing really well in the challenge. Uh, the yeah. the Bogleg challenge him like getting multiple rings. God, do you remember that? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. He, he was a badass. That was the only one that didn't get spilled into the mud. Um, for Avius, uh, probably two things. The wizard's duel was awesome. Uh, and then uh, him almost getting Aridithil's home blown up um, <laughs> by just walking in. <laughs> probably the two more memorable things that I that I pull pull from him. A weird one visual that for no reason sticks with me is just this incontinent old man just like, I have to pee! Yeah. And he stands up. That and is just the one I was going to really? say. And just starts this whole chaos of this battle. point, he yeah. just gets up and... Like, we're five minutes <laughs> into this campaign and we have not done jack shit yet. Yeah, on that adventure, yeah. I'm just like, come on, let's get going. <laughs> uh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Uh, real and... Um, 
Elmon basically killing that dragon by themselves. Valiant bumble fucked her way through her <laughs> first battle. It was terrible. Just missing these we were undead, why, why like, even brought her. right in her wheelhouse. Like, just couldn't get a hit. I'd like to point out, Rill didn't actually touch the dragon the entire time. No, but... Essentially, he ran for his life. Been a completely different... Yeah, you did all, almost all that. You it would have been a completely different fight had you not been kiting that thing around and Rill, away from don't know Rill, if that would have worked at all. while I... Shot the shit out of it. Yeah. <laughs> that was that was. And a then crash you guys shoot. handled all the ancillary, the swarming sort of, stuff, the swarming stuff. Sort of. So, you, know, pretty easy. you were there though. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I think for me, Valian, that the last battle, yeah, taking that hand and. I that was a friggin' gamble and a half. Like I. Yeah, did you even? You I just, didn't. I was like, "This is uh, we're fucked. We have we are surrounded yeah. and completely like." Um, I'll get to what something you just did clicked in, a in your head because you said hand I'm like, sphere gun. Like, <laughs> give me the hand, and I'm gonna like, if anything's gonna work, this is gonna work, and if it doesn't work, well, say la vie. It's better than my plan. Um, but Avius, uh, you sacrificing yourself at the end, like. I've thought about that. I'm like, would wow, would we would it have played out differently if you didn't do that? But the way you went out was awesome, and I really wish you would have rolled an even number on that. I really do. <laughs> I wanted to see what was going to happen. I, I at that point, like we were getting hoarded on yeah. all sides, and I I just saw no alternative. It's like it was awesome. I've got this big powerful staff. I have it for a reason. Modest. It's. I could I could do a couple fireballs and some magic missiles and you know or I could go big. Yeah. So I figured either way I was dead. I thought you might have brought out the other staff at the last moment and f for this one moment <laughs> it actually says this is magical. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> tell me about that staff. Oh, I can't tell. No, no, no. Came up. Yeah. Uh, so there's Wait, no. Can, can I have a guess? Sure. Uh, I have a feeling it was detecting itself. That is absolutely correct. <laughs> so it's completely useless. It does exactly what it says. It detects magic, and the closest thing is itself. So it detects magic. So it detects magic as written uh, there's no way i'm giving you a powerful detection thing almost for free after your first battle is level ones or whatever <laughs> it was fantastic it was awesome oh i loved it <laughs> uh. um i have a question go Sorry. for it biggest moments though we were still what? Oh, okay. Oh, so, not on me. Yeah, I'm, do, we I'm all, done. Do, do we all cover? There's more big moments. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, right. Carry on. Which question? My question is, what would Puck, if he if if he were looking down watching the last however many episodes and watching following this adventure to its end, what would he be saying or doing or thinking or? He would have been. Uh... That last battle, he would have been uh, super sad that he didn't get to uh, put the band back together and do some more uh, thunderbolts and uh, <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the or the fireballs and lightning. That was great. I loved like putting those two spells together. It was so much fun. Mm. Oh yeah, the first. Oh, and actually, speaking of Wait, great what? great moments from other players, the first time using 
uh, your yeah, call your, thunder, yeah, call your lightning, call, yeah. call lightning. That spell. was the rats, or was that someone? I think I, I thought it was it. Was bees? Was I thought it, it was ivory swords. No, no, it was at the Kraken fight. Oh, okay, yeah. Was it? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. 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 Maybe the it. rat. The uh, I think it was. Oh, the rats. now I know what you're talking about. It might have been the rats. Too. Yeah. Oh yeah, we the cistern. You got your queen the armor. queen. Yeah, the rat yeah. queen armor. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I remember the question too. You were like, "How high's the ceiling?" <laughs> <laughs> I always get nervous when you ask that. <laughs> what's the, what's the limit? Yeah. It's ninety nine. Damn. Yeah, I just. <laughs> I'm going to start digging. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that was brilliant. And then uh, the 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 bees uh, in the uh, the, the tap. That was so <laughs> dumb. Oh. The two oh, that I was, was That was a fun spell, though. I love that spell. I was expecting, I was expecting that to be a, a below average, a, a slightly easier encounter for the four of you. Yeah. And then two of you went, and I'm like, this is kind of told Jorn's going to have the upper hand here. That was one of the most boring yeah. hours of my life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, you were, you're just sitting in a sideline. I'm just sitting there listening. <laughs> you you weren't compelled by the story? Oh, I mean, it was good. It was good it was a good battle. It was a good battle. But I mean, as as a player. Oh, yeah. completely. For, I'm sorry to interrupt. Sorry. Fine. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Uh, most memorable, uh, the the when the bells tolled and we had our first oh, big yeah. phantasmal fight with this creature, and, and that was the first time you did heat metal. And yeah, yeah, that was, I got lucky with that one. I <laughs> thought that was the that was most great. amazing spell. <laughs> I loved oh. how Real kept all of his stuff secret. Yeah. That no, was... that had to annoy the hell out of you, though. No, no, well, no. it did, but it was also like story-wise, it was, it was awesome. Amazing. Yeah, because you were annoying. pulling tricks out of your hat left and yeah, right. Yeah, that's fit the bar. Awesome. I yeah, I thought it would be. Oh my god, I had life transference for so long, and I had that whole thing planned out. I got to use it in the final battle. Totally happy with that. Yeah. <laughs> but I was like, I had to be prepared for some crazy fight that we were going to lose. But that was almost a sacrificial spell. Yeah. Because. Taking twice the damage, like if I roll that, oh. I mean that would—that's like three quarters of my life on a on a moderate roll, let alone anything else. Alien in that final, those final <laughs> moments was not happy with you twice doing that, <laughs> and when you took the rock that hit from the rock, I thought real was gone then. Hit from the rock, hit from the rock. When uh, the... like right at the end, right oh. before Valiant went in with the hand, and like Tom oh. said. One of you guys are taking this hit. Who's taking it? And I'm like, oh, I'm you, a sponge. Do it. You have never seen a person so much want to roll an actual critical failure and then succeed after that. And the reason why I had already played it out in my head when he said he was going to drop the rock, I was going to have the rock crush Rill wherever he was standing, and then all you would see is this blue smoke yeah. shoot out. Oh, oh, that would have been badass. <laughs> oh, I wanted that to happen so bad, but oh. I, yeah. Uh, I got another question from John C. He asks, uh, who was your favorite NPC to interact with? Huh. <laughs> Jorn, for sure. Uh, from uh, from my perspective, oh, okay. to interact with... Right. Well, whatever you want, really. So, Jorn? That was fun. I had a blast with torturing him. And he also wants to know, and then who was my favorite to portray? Yeah. My favorite was... Uh... The, the the guy with the shop of 
uh, <laughs> incredible, wondrous, magical bits and pieces. Uh, was that the shop? <laughs> the old guy with the shop? Yeah. He was fun. He was fun to interact with. Yeah. On an on a old man crazy level. <laughs> No, they're they're already spoken for. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Amy's almost had him, like convinced to lower the price. The price, and Ooh. then he made a bad roll. Yeah. Did you ultimately get those prices? I did. You did. Oh, yeah. you paid full price. Remember he went into debt. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then he was super happy when he thought Elmon was toast. <laughs> Ah oh, damn! With <laughs> with how things were going, I was jealous so much so because I had no money. And I was just yeah. like, why are we giving Elmon three bars of <laughs> trading platinum for this? I'm like, all right, he's the first one I'm robbing. <laughs> Any other NPCs that were interesting to... I have a guess interact? on who your favorite is, though, Tom. Oh, really? What's your guess? The minstrel. I like the minstrel. Yeah. He was fun. I had fun with LaRose. Uh, La oh, Rose, what's yeah. LaRose doing? What's LaRose up to now? Yeah. Is she just dancing on Elmon's grave? Probably. Yeah, next year. <laughs> He's excited. Uh, yeah. He's, uh, he just got back from date three. With, uh, <laughs> oh, no. Life in deeper. what happens on date three. Vakir was very fun for me. I liked Vakir. I think also along those lines, very outgoing, who I really loved, was Raleigh, the magic cart owner. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he was so much fun. And was great. You, someone put a law down that no other purchase will be made, and he is. had three greater healing potions. I even said oh. out loud, and you guys walked away. I know. They were totally legit. I would not have trusted that. Totally them. legit potions. I can see it in the like the final battle. I am reluctantly uncorking uh. the potion. <laughs> I'm shaking it up, I'm sniffing. <laughs> that, yeah. was, uh, that was awesome. It's it's actually greater heels potion, and your feet just get all. <laughs> <laughs> that does bring up a question uh, that I have for uh, uh, for Tim for Avius, um, the Duck Man, that goddamn duck. Gosh. What was uh what was going through your mind in uh, Lissier's cave when Puck was like <laughs> just down and out, like not unconscious, but in like that spell where he couldn't do anything, and you were you were so close to cracking open those eggs to see what was inside. What was going through your head? What did you think was going to be in there to Maybe save the day? Maybe was going to MacGyver some shit together <laughs> based on what he found in those eggs. To, to make something awesome happen. Uh, Iron was... nails, pudding, and <laughs> candy raisins, a, a molar. Uh, a marble. Uh, man, I really wanted to use that marble that lit up when it rolled across the floor. Like, there's just some amazing You gave him there. essentially the pacifier for wizards. Yeah. Uh, just, <laughs> oh, he's candy. He's just entertained. Uh, would you like to hear some more items that yeah. could have appeared? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> From the eggs of Gashapon. Do you have a D20 table? <laughs> I've got a table. Uh, small pair of scissors. Oh, that sounds painful. A small lens. 1D10 bottle corks. A half pound of jerked meat. A ring of luck. Oh. <laughs> oh, it was in there. It was in there. I knew it. You would have had to attune it. Uh, a small snake. Uh, a, a crystal prism worth 50 gold. Uh, just nothing but acid. <laughs> 
And the last one is so random, a bite of ham. I don't know why that's in the list, but I put it in what, there. Uh, Tom, what was the the little goblin demon? What was Yeah. What did you what was what was the deal there? I thought he was going to be squashed, maybe stepped on or blasted. He wasn't, so I didn't have any big plans for him. And then once he got away, I'm like, oh, oh he's that head. he's so that good. like the cat inside the walls of the house yeah. now. Yeah, this is but oh. we never really went back to the house. There was just too much going oh, on. I had some plans for that little guy. <laughs> Oh, by the way, for anyone scoring at home, the carpenter uh, killed by the ivory sword was Rolmick. 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 Yeah. Uh, I think I've got one more question from John C. Is there any more story behind who or what Chebs was and what happened to him? Chebs. Everyone remember Chebs? No. no. He was at the manse. He was at the manor. He was. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. the ghoul. Yeah. I remember the name. Just but yeah. like snuck out after. He was the ghoul in the dining room yeah, who couldn't he leave until him. he did something helpful for you. And he uh, took the coat that somebody covered up the go demon with. Yeah. Yeah. So Chebs was part of a nether, like a budding evil group of demon-related enemies. I was prepping, and so the the evil spirit lady of the house was going to be a conduit. For you guys to encounter more demon related stuff not undead per se but demons um but again that group just didn't get the attention and you guys went elsewhere which is fine so he that's these guys were more um had more personality than just your normal undead and chevs is a kind of an example of that although it's a weird personality uh for his future of what happened i already told it to you and no one picked up on it because I, I really hit it. <laughs> and it was um, your house is kind of just between Rivergate and the North Market District. I think it's North North Market. Anyways, late in the campaign, maybe you're going back to a general or a, a, a lieutenant in the army or something or a guard and they're like, we can't talk to you now or we've got to go uh, reinforce the troops outside the city. We got to go. And because we've got like looters that are causing trouble, there's reports of ghouls out in the North Market. That was that was Chevs trying to figure out what life is like for him as he's wandering around the North Market at night. Like, what the hell do I do now? Uh, so yeah, he's out there wandering the streets, not trying to cause trouble, but I mean, he's a he's ghoul. A <laughs> he's got a I thought, I thought for sure he there was going to be some connection between him and Amariel's servant. Nope, that was, he was separate. Uh, he was separate. The fight in the manor was a good one too. Oh, I like that the whole like exploration, like we went room to room to well, room. Yeah, violent haunted house. Um, I've got one from, and let me know if you guys want to jump in. Uh, Actually, I got a quick sure. question. There was the demon that was down in the cultist lair. Yes. How did he, that beast tie in? Because we couldn't interact with it. It wanted to just kill us outright, but. Uh, that I will have to play the card of I cannot yeah. tell you. I asked the one question. All right. I'm okay. sorry. Let's, That's... I can't believe it took us this long to get <laughs> yeah, that annoying either. answer. I, I gotta we have, we have to purchase the DLC. I'm <laughs> 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 microtrade. Loot boxes might unlock that loot answer. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I've got some questions from a Mr. MJ from Twitter. He asks, uh, I was half convinced that Rill was going to turn around and reveal himself to be a major baddie. There were little ticks and character beats that I saw where he knew a little too much about the cultists. I thought that was going to be the last knife in the back in the story. Did you play him that way on purpose? I, 
I kind of did. <laughs> really? Yeah. You were creepy. Uh, he, he was creepy, uh, but he was becoming uh, antisocial. And I didn't want him to do that. So it was a lot of, you know, do do I want to be the, the Cylon-like bard? I didn't want to do that. Uh, I, was, I was trying to convey a story without telling anyone anything. So I came out, you know, I just did that, you know, that... And uh, so wrapped it up. But yes, and that's a great catch because there is this part where if I got what I wanted as real with the cultists, I would do anything to get my family back. Oh. And that could have changed. Never, never happened. But it's, yeah, that's a, there's part of a catch there. So good job. Mr. MJ also asks, man, did Puck get a good death scene? What made you choose Valiant as your next character? I was glad to see her fleshed out a little more because she was such a badass earlier in the story. Cared to give us some of her backstory that we didn't get to? Uh, well, um, yeah, Puck's death scene was awesome. I think we talked, uh, I don't know if it was, I think it was all of us kind of like, it would be that late. We were definitely like late game into like enter a whole new character that we we've never we, like, met. Yeah, would not have meshed well. So um, I there was a few there's a few choices as a, to take over an NPC, and she was by far on the top of my list. Huh. Um, but yeah, uh, a little bit of her backstory. She was kind of raised, uh, um in a, 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 a regal house and uh, found the church and become very devoted um, in her early years and um, had a, I don't, I haven't written down somewhere, but like kind of a little bit of a falling out with uh, her parents, her father, and uh, dedicated 100% to the church after that and kind of uh, the high priest conciliators the conciliator like the day, day one, one yeah. uh became kind of her mentor and uh so that was it i didn't flush it out much further i really wanted to see young priest yeswin or what was yes it reswin yes yeah i want to see him come back oh reswin reswin and join the party he did join the party didn't he for like for a, a mission we came like a mission. i wanted him as a replacement yeah. character just his innocence <laughs> He was my he was my Mr. Hazelton, <laughs> along with your Mr. Hazelton. <laughs> no, you loved it. Oh, okay. Did not like Reswin. Uh, what questions do you guys have? Any last ones from you? I do I have one for you, Tom? Oh. Were you determined to how well? How determined were you to to murder one of our one of us? <laughs> Were you like, what do you mean? I mean, like, uh, like, how determined were you to, to, cause Puck was the only one like in the middle. I mean, we lost a couple at the end, but like how determined were you to kill one of us outright? Oh, um, yeah, for me, it's uh, balancing encounters to make them engaging and fun, but I also will make encounters that are, uh, tough and I don't know if you can necessarily win and Maybe you die, maybe you uh, back away from is what I'm really expecting. And in most cases, though, you guys still came out on top. Um, I I think all of you were still trying to figure out how do we get out away from this Kraken thing. 
And it was just like, Ogram's just too slow. (laughs) He's, you know, he's lost the foot or whatever. And it's like, ooh, I was not expecting that sucker to go down. Um, So there are battles that I set up. So then if you are going to die because of that, uh, that's, that's, that's not on me at that point. No, no, no. no, Um, But no, I'm not like, uh, I, I don't like someone or the story needs someone to die or anything like that. I'm not hunting down someone. I was just curious. Um, but yeah, if, if a player, if a player dies, uh, it, it adds, um, uh, it, it adds a, a, a certain, a huge sense of danger to the game. Uh, Elmon's death to me is a very interesting one. It shows how powerful even quick decisions can be for good or for bad when the stakes get super high and it really just like adds a lot of gravitas. Um, so yeah, I mean, throughout, we ran this whole campaign and everyone lost one character, right? No. Avius. We got, a uh, oh, Avius died. Yeah. We got Olgrim and Rill. I mean, Olgrim. No. Was, was, well, Olgrim, Olgrim left. Olgrim left. Yeah, everyone yeah. lost one character. By the end of the last episode. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no original character was still as active living, in the group. Active yeah. as a player character. Yeah, yeah. Um, which was I, I like. Elmon yeah, wanted to be the one. Yeah. But yeah, losing Elmon in that fight was <laughs> devastating. That certainly changed my my yeah, whole right, view of right, the fight. Right at the beginning too, I was sort of like, oh, like 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 you know, I know I'm a lot of damage output, so yeah. You know, and I can be a distraction. Yeah, you can start doing your little runaround thing. Yeah, you well, you were throwing down cones of arrows already to start. Yeah, and I was like, yeah, "Well, we got this pretty well licked." I had yeah. one round of combat. That was all. Yeah, I yeah. Do you guys remember how hard it was to take down those little mutated guys? Just fr- they were just constantly there. There were only two that got changed. Because Elmon and yeah. Avius blew up a whole bunch before they mutated yeah. early on. Yeah, that was crazy. Like right at the beginning, they just <laughs> both came out. Yeah. Avius has a question. Lay it on us. What in the name of all holy fuckery was the little purple bits inside the Chaos Cult? <laughs> <laughs> that was, uh, those were g- growths implanted that grew out that were implanted by the chaos surgeon anyone remember that name coming up yes again that was part of the chaos arc you guys didn't go down which is fine what yeah there's a surgeon that we were warned about by one of the by by the the minstrel at the founder's feast uh, by Vakir. Vakir told yeah. us about it when he told us about the uh, the green, uh, the yeah, the green yeah, metal and some the, the, the flying the, the spire that was like there was some yeah. weird. He also mentioned a little there. flying um, demon thing yeah. over the rooftops. That, yeah, there's some are true, some are not. But yeah, so there was mention of a surgeon. Mm-hmm. So there was a chaos surgeon, and there was a dude, and there was a location. And I thought, man, you guys are gonna tear him a new hole and start jamming stuff in his body, but. That never happened, yeah. which is again fine. Totally forgot about yeah. that. I wrote it down because Puck, like surgeon, like he was, you know. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, there are a couple, a couple other things now that we're talking about it that um, I thought were interesting that we did not get to. There was um, the Warriors Guild quest yep. from Olgram. So at the start of the campaign, before we even began, I gave you guys each your own little yeah. mini quest just to get things rolling. And we went down each of them. So uh, Rolmic was one, which is slow to get to. 
Pucks. Mine was the very beginning. Very the docks. And that, that was, was in the Genesis system. Yeah. And then Avius's was um what? I can't remember. Was it? Was I can't it no, I think it was no. I think it was just maybe meeting tasks and connecting with tasks or something. But in any event, Olgrim was the important one, uh, or Olgrim was the one I'm talking about now. He had a quest to help out the Warriors Guild to join that Warriors yeah. Guild, and that was going to involve the Docks. The Docks were going to take a much more prominent scene for several adventures. Just never happened because again, you guys were busy. I thought that was interesting. I was also interested in uh, spending some time and seeing what you guys helped with or fought against the Brotherhood in the Guild Quarter. Remember that brother who talked very slow, mm -hmm. that guy? <laughs> he was at the party, bought a magic item, mm -hmm. and his whole, remember what his whole- Thomas yeah. Reed. Yeah. Remember, wow. Uh, <laughs> that's a deep cut right there, man. <laughs> Getting inspiration done in that Yeah, one. do you remember what his, his group did? And uh, yes, they the, were the re re something like the like the re education right. camp guys. Yeah, yeah. Very culty. Um, <laughs> and they he wanted people who were evil, and he would they would bring them in and basically re re educate them. Brotherhood of Redemption. Yeah, yeah. I was I've, I've always interested to see what would happen. I, I wanted with that. to visit that too, like as part of because because he bought one of the items, and I thought we all did, these items but, were significant. Yeah. So. And the other one I thought was interesting that did not get explored <laughs> was the Chaos Cult's Precognition Chamber. Yeah. Again, part yeah. of the the arc that never w went through. They had a Precognition Chamber. So they had a, wa a chamber and they had a watery area that was very still and perfect, always. And it would show them their successes. It would show them the path towards their successes. It showed them that going straight through the entrance to Goth Gilgamel up to the top would just be utter dark and kill them, so they had to go underneath. It showed them how to find the wish ring, all that stuff. And that's great, until ripples start to appear every so often in this little, you know, witch's cauldron type thing. And the ripples mean that there are, there's a problem to their plan that's right here, and the ripples were always you guys. Mm -hmm. They don't know really what that is, but they have a sense that it's you guys. And so they can send someone through that pool um, to deal with the ripple by summoning a Dashun nasty creature, but like a Terminator type thing, they go through, they end up naked, and they, it's always connected to water. And that's only when it detects is when you guys are near water. So that's why the guy appeared mm -hmm. uh, um, near the boat a day in advance and was picked up by the other ship, but he got connected and you guys found him. Uh, that was their little precognition pool trying to connect the two of you so they could wipe you out. They don't even know who you guys really are. Yeah. And then it happened again uh, with the bog legs. It detected there, he splashed, and then leaving the orc promontory point, hey, there's a nude guy in the water, oh. and then real uh, Puck's like, yeah, okay, let's grab him. And I'm like, oh boy, here we go. That was the only time I got to change into a to an octopus. <laughs> So yeah, there there was this chamber, and it was kind of cool. It was it was uh it was there. Where, like, if we had followed the chaos arc, obviously we would have probably run into it at some point. Yeah. Okay. Um. So I thought that was interesting. I, so I thought you were talking about uh, when you first started talking. Uh, after we rescued Olgram down below, and we went, and there was like an office, and there was yeah. like a, some weird like electrical charging things. Like, what was that? Yeah, that was used to keep that evil thing in place, the big guy in oh. place. 
So when we came back and it was gone. They relocated it uh, so they could relocate the big. And how do we get past the demon again? We had to basically well, tell him that we were going to destroy the chaos cultists. Yeah, it wanted him, us to get in there. Who had right. him and it, then it let us it, in. It, it, it didn't necessarily want you to get in there, but it, it, it loves chaos, mm. <laughs> even if it's against its own people type concept. Um, yeah. Once you once you declared that you were heading in there, there was no battle necessary with it, and it just said like chaos and pointed you towards the door or whatever. That thing would have killed us. Right? Oh, it was yeah. nasty, Mick nasty. Didn't it, I think it hit Puck, or it, it hit someone. It, there were some like attacks. Real bad. Yeah. It was like oh. And then someone's like, "Let's talk. Let's talk." <laughs> Any other questions? Quick look around the table. Yeah. I'm well, I've got one thing I wanted to say and then one question. Um, the one thing I wanted to say that my favorite thing about this entire uh, entire campaign, especially since we were recording it, is uh, as, a, as a game master, I always felt like I was taken care of by you guys, which I so appreciate. Um, I could bring any story up to you guys and you guys would grab grab it and you would run with it. Uh, as opposed to, no, um, I only want what's going on with my guy. Um, you, you can see that a lot in some role-playing players. It's about my guy. What gear do I have? What is my, how does my guy shine? You guys were always helping each other shine, which I thought was cool. And then you were making sure the story shined. You cared about people like Rolmic. And then that translated into the story and to the listeners and to me. And it made the world cool. And, it was just, I, I, I felt, again, taken care of that no matter what I could present, uh, you guys were there for me, and then you just wouldn't leave me or the story hanging. I just, I really appreciated that. Very nice you. to say. Yeah. Um, so, let's... You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's bring this roundtable to a close, then, with the last question I have. So, now that the campaign is over, how would you sum up the entire experience? Uh, addicting? Like, uh, it was, it's something to look forward to every week. Uh, so much fun. Um, I just, unlike anything I've ever been a part of. So thank you all for that. Um, but yeah, man, it was, it's just a lot, a lot of fun. Just hanging out and creating or adding to a, a world and a, a place that, that you created, Tom. For sure. Yeah, I mean, Thursday night's my favorite night. Uh, you know, even working like a long shift before coming here, it's like, like you know, I don't care. I'm tired. I need my coffee, but like, I want to be here. Um, it, it's been, uh, you know, it, it is addiction. You know, it, it is addicting to come and do this. And especially knowing because we do the podcast, there's, you know, a little bit of a level of extra commitment there from all of us. Um, you know, we all have you know, sacrifice plans or, you know, rearrange things, um, you know, made things happen to make sure that we can be here to make sure that we're producing that episode every week or put in a, a long Saturday or done whatever we needed to do to make sure that um, that content comes out for, you know, not, I mean, not even for ourselves at some point, but for the people who are listening to us. Uh, let's see uh, if I did my take on it. Um, 
outside of the game itself. Um, it's always been a pleasure to come here. You know, addicting was used, which is great. Uh, and I certainly feel that too, but to actually create something, uh, that there's a joy in that in and of itself, you know, getting to meet you guys, getting to spend time with you, hashing out stuff, doing role play, but you know, be kind of an intimate kind of role play. You know, we've made each other cry. We've made each other laugh, get angry, whatever, really get into the story. And then on the story level, it's kind of unfolded like a, a great novel. It's started out simply, but we started developing characters and then those became real and then those became fulfilling. And then we started putting them in dangerous situations. And like Tom said, we cared about them. So when we lost them, it was like, oh, you know, that sucks. That for me is what sums everything up. It's, it's, it's drama, but it is that joy in it. So I could throw my spot on there, but there you go. Yeah, I, I don't know if I have anything different to add. It's. It's been it's been really fun to create this story, um, and it wasn't about how do we win. It wasn't about what what pieces do we need to put together to get to the end. It was just about what's going to happen today. What is life bringing us today in the form of this story, in the form of this world and this city and these characters, and and it was just a fun escape. Like Chris said, you know, we even no matter what else is happening in my day or in my week, I always look forward to coming here and interacting and, and creating just more of the story. And, and being able to not only just enjoy it for myself and with you guys, but it's it's just an added bonus that other people seem to enjoy it too. Yeah. Um, that's that's really cool. I you know, the people that I've told about this podcast who listen, most of them, 95% of them, don't roleplay, don't game. They're not uh, familiar with any of that. But uh, some of them have started, or some of them don't, but yet still love to listen. And and it's really neat. It's, it's just something that is can go out into the world that it just hopefully brings some smiles and, and lets people just enjoy life for two or three hours, no matter what else is going on. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Uh, for me, the every week thing that really got to me was I could count on no matter what that come Thursday nights. That's when we record. Uh, that every Thursday night, I just guarantee that I would be laughing. It's, that's mm-hmm. really cool. Most people don't get to say that they that there's a night they will be laughing over and over again, sometimes in tears. Uh, that's pretty cool. That's a great reason to uh, get together and show up. So I really like that. Um, I love we're able to uh, do a classic, you know, adventure, or at least our take on it. I was never sure if anyone would really be interested in listening, you know, um, that they would enjoy our sense of humor or not so i'm glad that we have some listeners uh i also so like the three of you out there thank you very <laughs> thank much thank you so much 
Uh, I also like the growth too of the of seeing the arc of you guys just being nobodies that no one cared about to becoming known members of the town that you know generals know and high priests. And I thought that was a cool cool concept. So I was yeah. very excited about that. Um, and then for me, it was also the camaraderie of the heroes and watching that get just tighter and tighter and tighter as they're relying on each other and fighting with each other and squabbling, whatever it is. And then the camaraderie of us uh, in the room. We're just here recording night after night after night. It was, that was cool to just watch that grow for me. So on behalf of the Inglorious Bards, uh, thank you listeners so much for uh, joining us and, and following us along adventures. It's absolutely fantastic. The kind words you guys and the support you, you showed was uh, uh, wonderful. We read every single message that was sent our way. Um, that was, it's, that's uh, food for the soul concept of uh, hearing all the, all the kind words and the people who got inved, uh, invested in the adventures and stories with us. So we're uh, very appreciative. This was a great time for us all. uh, And we're uh, excited to uh, see you uh, hopefully down the road for season two. Bye, everyone. (laughs) Goodbye. Who's ready for (laughs) adventure?